Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Direct Input Podcast. Today is Sunday, December 30th, in the year 2018. What a year it has been. And my goodness, I am joined by the one and only Mr. Dan Lawsey. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Ooh, I'm psyched, <laughs> stoked to see you here. Thanks. Psyched and stoked together. Stoked. Yeah. I met you 20 years ago. Yeah. Ashland High School. Oh. Some wicked random fucking battle of the bands. And uh, my buddy Matt Tomaz was playing. I had buddies from South Boston playing. And I saw you in your band okay. backstage, so yes. to say, at a fucking Ashland school. Yeah. And I went up to you guys and I said, I'm like fucking 14. Right. And I asked you guys for some cigarettes. Okay. And you quickly said, no, dude. And you crossed your fucking arms uh, and an X. Sorry. And I was like, what the fuck is that? You go, I'm straight edge. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I've never met anybody straight edge. Okay. And you're like, well, that's fucking me. I don't do caffeine either. I'm like, all right, all right. And here you are. Yeah. We, we actually got acquainted fucking okay. like five years after that okay. randomly okay. down in Brock. Okay. Yeah. At the studios, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The old Herod Street fucking studio. Yeah. Got yeah. robbed there. Great. Did you get robbed in that? No one. People don't rob me. Really? I, uh. You got that, that, that. Guy. I think people think I might rob them. Really? I'm not trying to sound like a tough guy. I've, 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 I've worked in Brockton for many, many years, all hours of the night. I don't have problems. We'll really? leave it at that. No yeah. shit. And, and I apologize if I was for my beat. I mean, it was going back 20 years ago. Actually, I would argue, honestly, Josh, it was probably more like 21, 22 years ago when that happened. And I think I even know the show you're talking about. Um, Dead, c- continue. I don't want to interrupt well, that, that. It was a band called Dead Tree Sweat. Yeah, you got a good memory, man. Well, I'll tell you what it was. Um, Dead Tree Sway was playing. And it, yes, I believe it was Ashland High School. It, it was... Some, I would have guessed it was maybe somewhere in like Bellingham or something like that, but it was probably Ashland. You're probably right. And Scott linked up with those guys. It was this kind of side band he had, Scott from Seven Day Curse. So me and the other guys, a few of us, went to that show and we're hanging out. And that's, yeah, that's where I, I guess I met you. Um, but I remember you more from, you know, Ascendancy and all that. Oh, yeah. And I would even argue, did you ever practice in the Hanson Studios? No. Because I thought I... I kind of feel like, well, I did. I mean, I knew you before the Brockton Studios, as you just pointed out. But I, when when we started hanging out in Brockton, I definitely already knew you or knew who you were, and we'd become acquainted, even if it was just watching Ascendancy shows or whatever. So right. I do remember. And again, I, I can't apologize enough. I I um I didn't think you were a dick. I, I was yeah, just I was I like just, you know foreign dude, exchange. You know yeah. I um the old. <laughs> I, I don't make excuses. I just give explanations. Yeah. I um. I, I I don't think my anger or hostility has gone down one bit since the day I was born. But the way I handle things is a lot more different now. I'm a lot more relaxed and I, I have more outlets, more successful outlets for getting out my anger that I probably didn't have at that time. Even Seven Day Curse wasn't enough uh, to, to keep me caught. So, you know, uh, there was a lot going on in my life at that time too. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I, I did that to a lot of people in those days. A lot of real close friends, yeah. when they first met me, they were just like, "Dude, what is this?" And then I, you know, I've as friends now to this day, they talk about how I met them, and now you're one of them. And I just, I'm like, <laughs> "Hey, man, dude, I'm really sorry about that." Um, 
Sorry. We could get into that if you want. But, but Seven just, Days Curse was a big yeah. band to me growing up. Okay. Because fucking, oh. I, I really felt like you guys were absolute pioneers of the melodic death metal style that really shaped a generation of fucking American metal. Uh, Thank you. The, you know, we're talking about the late 90s, early 2000s. We started in 96. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's dozens of bands that have gone on an incredible success based off of a style that you were very influential on Thank creating. You. Thank you. I'm glad you acknowledged that because I think we got... It's sad. You're making me sad right now, man, because what happened with us was... Dude, we were coming up with Unearth and Shadows Fallen, mm -hmm. all these bands, dude, and, and what happened to us, I mean, it's a real quick, simple story. We broke up and the other bands didn't. And dude, I'll tell you straight up, Matt, from, I'll never forget, Matt from Shadows Fall, they had just got signed, and he, Matt's just like, dude, you guys are next, don't worry. He's like, we'll have a talk with our record label people, and and then we broke up, and it, it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's wild, man, because... Uh, I don't know. We we I, I, there's a lot of kids who never. As much I appreciate that we're influential to you, and there's a lot of people that feel like that. But dude, in the whole scheme of things, think of all the people that never even heard us or never even knew we existed. Um, and I even say to this day, I feel like when we broke up, we go we got bigger after we broke up. Like the the legend began to started to be created. Sure, this band that like mixed all these sounds and this and that and and that came later i feel like when we broke up a lot of the kids that were into like converge overcast 40 days rain dude a lot of them weren't really that broken up about it when we weren't a band anymore sure i mean there yeah. was just a lot of one thing that happened with us man there's clicks in the scene unfortunately oh yeah and that was another thing with us man we weren't part of no click we were from the south shore and we said it loud where a lot of bands from our area they were saying they were from boston we're like no man we're from what do you mean boston we're from the south shore right this is this is this is cranberry country like right. and we were proud of that we wanted people to know we did our own thing and we we weren't like I mean we just when we didn't care man we would there was nothing you talk about influence and peer pressure there was none of that with us we just did our own thing this is what we're gonna do if you don't like it too bad and that's what we created yeah, yeah. Well, but the scene was so different back then yeah. no internet really I mean like maybe the start of AOL but like. <laughs> Nasty Habits, WERS oh, yeah. was fucking yeah. influential. You know that's it was you know, huge. Midnight Mass, fucking all the local bands that would be featured on there, and fucking you get a show report. Yeah, you go to shows, they would announce upcoming shows over the fucking was, PA and was, shit. You know they they read them. Different time. Yeah, it was a different time. It was a violent you know? time too. Um, yeah, but dude, you know what? I still say, and I'm a huge defender of this. I think that, dude, look at what goes on in the world every day. I'll tell you this. If, if you are more likely, I really believe, if you go to a popular dance club that has nothing to do with metal and you got like the Jersey Shore crowd there, honestly, Josh, you and I'm not taking everything you're saying is true. You're more likely to get in a fight at something like that, 10 times more likely than you are at like a metal show or a punk show or a hardcore show. I'm not saying the violence isn't there. I'm just saying like, you know, the, the nonsense that goes on in places that have nothing to do with metal or any extreme music is 10 times worse, in my opinion, I, you know, than what would happen at a typical metal show. 
You know, it's just my opinion. You know, it's debatable. But I've been saying for years that country fucking jam or whatever the fuck it is is yeah. way more violent than fucking. It uh, might be. You know, it might be. the BET Awards or something. You know, you, like, you know Josh, you brought up Straight Edge, and there's this piece that I forget. There was some guy, some news network thing that was interviewing Earth Crisis, and he started off, or maybe it was one of the times around here when in Boston when they were interviewing in my eyes or one of them bands and I. They said something like, they're showing like a show and there's a pit. And they said like, you're looking at these kids like they're nuts, but they're, if you needed someone to babysit your kids, they'd probably be the best people to do it. And I, I truly believe that. You know what I mean? Um, th- there's a lot of very outstanding citizens and responsible people that came out of this music scene. There's, I mean, there's bands, I can name bands where there's people that were like school teachers and uh, social workers and stuff. And they, they came out of the extreme music scene. You yeah. know, so I'm not, I'm not trying to romanticize it and saying it's all perfect, but you, you definitely can't judge a book by its cover, you know, without a doubt. It's it's a person to person thing. And again, man, I, I think if I was at if I was at a mortician show, I think I'm less likely to get in a fight than if I was, you know, dealing with the freak show that goes on in downtown Plymouth every Saturday. Night. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's just. <laughs> People going around looking for fights, acting like tough guys. So, you know, like I said, I I, I, I feel more conflict when I'm out in that setting than I would at a metal show. That's just me. And again, oh, yeah. I, I, it, that's debatable. That's just the way I see it. Now, well, I is this like know. an issue with like men and masculinity? You think like oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, you you're taught. I know this is getting into some of my political views and whatnot, but uh, or social views. Yeah, I think. Um, Pull that mic in a little. Yeah, bit can more. you hear me? All right, man. How's yeah. that? All right. Yeah, I, I think that. Um, that I think that. <laughs> I got it. It's cool. I, I think that. There are a lot of, unfortunately, I look back, in my life, and I think of all the adult men, whether it was like little league coaches or like teachers at like the when I was in junior high or whatever. I think there are a lot of older men who had young boys under their watch, who parents trusted with these guys. And I look back at some of the messages that were like pushed on us. Like, dude, when you're on a little league team or whatever it is, just because like what, what is defined as like, because you were the best athlete that to me that doesn't mean like whether or not you're like a productive citizen or whether or not you're a man and there's a lot of guys that just push that message and and I, I think there are a lot of guys that adult men that were very hostile and kind of tough guys that kind of push this ideology on me and my friends and I kind of laugh because years later and I, I've got the Branch Davidian songs about this right now how you run into these guys later I've seen dudes that helped shape some of my hostility and then they encounter me 20 years later and they're like, hey, man, you need to lighten up. <laughs> I need to lighten up. I got this from you, dude. Like you put this message out like life's tough. People are going to stomp all over you. So I bought into it. Yeah. And now you created this monster and you 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 tell me now I need to crack a smile once in a while. Like, no, man, like I, you told me this is what life was like. So I'm living. So what's the I'm doing what you told me. What's the problem? Right. You know. You walk around with your baseball hat and your sunglasses telling these little boys, like, you know, you got to, and every other thing's a girl, too. Like, you're running like ladies, you're running like girls. Well, when dudes grow up, 
and they're abusing girls, of course they are. Because their whole life they're hearing from adult men who they're supposed to be looking up to that everything is a girl, everything's, a, you know, you're weak if you're a girl. And the other thing, the irony is, these guys, there's always an exception. Like, if the girl is their mother or their daughter or what, then that, that girl deserves respect. But every other girl is this, like, faceless, like, oh, don't be a girl, don't be a weakling. Well, of course people are. Of course dudes get girls pregnant and then they disappear. I mean, they've been told to- everything is associated with weakness as a girl. And it is, you know, who can do the most chin-ups is the toughest guy here. Well, that's got nothing to do with anything. It's You're still a scumbag. I don't care that you you can run the mile in like point whatever minutes. <laughs> and, and I, you know, that's what, so when you get back to the masculinity thing, and I mean, yeah, go to downtown Plymouth on a Saturday night. I mean, that's the product. That's the final end of, I mean, you've got guys just walking up and down the street. I, I know a dude right now who works at a bar down there, and right. I'm, I'm, pick, I'm picking on Plymouth, but I mean, there's a million places. I can you live in Plymouth? Out. No, I'm not. From, I'm from Halifax, but uh, it's, it's like the same area. Sounds but, um, Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Every, oh man, <laughs> every, growing up, everyone thought I was from Canada. Everybody, <laughs> well, you from Canada? No, man. There's a Halifax, Massachusetts. But um, there's this kid who, the reason I'm thinking about Plymouth so much right now, he works at a bar. And it's like, I work with this kid, and every Monday this dude comes into work, every single Monday. Yeah. And he's just telling me, like, I already know there was a fight this weekend at his bar. I already know it. And he's going to come in Monday and tell, I, I can just go up to the dude and go, so what, what happened this way? You know, it's like, <laughs> dude, people are that out of control. Like, they can't control themselves. And then you got police all up and down the street. It's like, the police are sitting, dude, look at you. The, the town has placed these police here to babysit you because yeah. you can't control yourself. Like, isn't it time to kind of look in the mirror when, you, when you're an adult and you need to be babysat by, like, bounces and police and all this other stuff? So, yeah. It, How it, many of these people are fucking illegal immigrants coming over the border that are uh, worshiping Allah? How many? Well, <laughs> I'd say none if they're coming from, like... Duxbury and Mosby. I mean, also oh, the uh, white guys. Oh, t- absolutely. Oh, white guys. I thought I thought absolutely. the Spanish people would be to blame. No, no, I no. thought that one hundred thousand percent. Really? These Does, are white. Dudes. I can't. Yeah. We can't blame this on on minorities. No, no this is a hundred percent. This is South Shore buffoonery and nonsense. And, okay. You know, so um, yeah, man. No, I I think uh, well that that gets back to too. Like I always thought like something I noticed was that like I always felt. Like I, they had this thing, the Pembroke Hospital. It's still there, okay. and again, it's just, it's just a, it's supposed to be a mental hospital, but it's a big babysitting compound. A lot of people that are in there don't have mental problems. They just, they got in trouble. They screwed up, and it's kind of like it's a better alternative than going to jail. And one of the first things I noticed to touch upon what you're saying is that you always look at problems like a, a urban problem, or it's like certain ethnic groups or whatever. Man, I was in that place. I mean, it, it's. These are people from like Pembroke and Plimpton, and I'm just like, man, these problems are just. I mean, there is no to me like, um, and this is where I learned that I can't tie any one problem to any specific group. It, it's like this stuff's just. It can happen anywhere. It's a you human I mean? problem. What's that? It's a human. Oh, problem. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. I, so I mean, I kind of figured that out when I was working at that hospital, which it was ironic that I was working there. Really? That was kind of weird. But I probably should have been in there rather than working there. <laughs> and I actually got the job from some of the Seven Day Curse guys, where um, they worked there, and they, and they just literally were just like, they want guys to work there to break up fights. I mean, that was the premise. But it was cool though. Next thing I knew, I was a counselor, and I felt like I related with those kids probably more because um. Just the things I, my view of the world, you know. So, you know, it worked out. It was a cool experience. No shit. There, yeah. 
No shit. Yep. So fucking the South Shore isn't all fucking. Is it? it I mean, there's a lot of heroin down there, and you're yeah, straight. But, you're still straight edge, right? Yeah, of course I am. How, um, how old are you, by the way? I'm 41. I'll be 42 in March, and I actually became straight edge when I was 14. You go. Yeah. So I've been, and I never. For me, it was not. I mean, it was real deal when I became straight edge. Um, it was you know people get into it and then they get out of it and whatever. No, I was like real about like that was. Did they have a ceremony? Did they knight you? Did you no, have no to like get, me. They didn't baptize you in seltzer or nothing no, no like one, that? Well, no? you got to remember too. Actually, I'll get to that in a second. Real quick about the heroin. Uh, I don't get too caught up on the heroin thing because to me, I what I've noticed with people is there's this trend. I know people that are like this. They will behave. They will participate in every destructive behavior you can imagine whether it be drugs whether anything oh but heroin don't do that so they're drinking and driving (laughs) they're doing coke smoking crack some of them oh but but that heroin i don't touch that and i think that's a really bad attitude like I've, i've seen that over and over again where it's like anything goes as long as you're not doing heroin and it's like come on dude there's all these different types of bad behaviors and, and heroin is just one of them. Um, back to the straight edge thing. Here's the thing with this. Um, the band Medjugorje I'm in, Charlie, who's our vocalist, he's an old, you know, I grew up with him. He was always like a seven-day curse roadie. And uh, we had the band upset at the same time around seven-day curse. He was the one who told me I was straight edge. So I was straight edge before I knew what it was. So I, at like 14, you know, I was into thrash metal. I was into all types of metal and stuff, but I was still about a, a year or two away from really finding out what straight edge was. Yeah. You know, I'd heard of it, but in like most people, when, you know, the funny thing, when I first heard of it, I kind of wanted nothing to do with it because it sounded, even though it was how I behaved, it sounded like it was like, I don't know, like, the, you know, maybe they're kind of looking for trouble. They're like messing with people. And then, you know, Charlie was like, dude, you're straight edge, man. And then uh, finally one day I was like, yeah, I guess I am. And they were when I finally said I was. Yeah, they were like, yeah, and they all pat me on the and These were kids who weren't straight edge at all. <laughs> they were like, you're straight edge awesome. They all pat me on the shoulder. But, so, yeah, but I was 14, but then I was finally probably like, oh, I could tell you an exact age, 18. I was probably, this is, this is nuts, man. I was probably like not till I was probably 16 or 17 when I finally was like, all right, I'm straight edge. And I, right around then I found out about Earth Crisis. That changed my life big yeah. time. Destroyed the machine. So, you know, it was a process. It all kind of came together. You ever thought about getting an Earth Crisis tattoo on your face? No, I don't. You, dude, you know why? Everyone asked me about, like, why don't you get X's on your hands and stuff? And uh, I, I, don't, I don't need to. I, I mean... You have no tattoos, nothing. The people know I'm straight edge, dude. They yeah. just know. Yeah. You, you like, um, dude. I I feel like I've just built such a reputation for like being against all that stuff. It's like, do I really need on top of that? To you know what I mean? So I no, I don't. You know, um, it's not something I'm into. No, it's and I'm not against it. I'm not knocking it or anything. Right on. I just um. I don't need it. I don't. I just people know I'm straight edge. It was the, one of the first things you brought up when we sat down here. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. you know, it's just. You know, uh, I don't need to. And and again, I don't knock it if someone has X's on it. Believe me, I think some X's might look cool on my hand, but I just, <laughs> I'm just like, dude, you know what? I don't, I, I'll be honest with you. I have thought about it before, but I, I wait and I calm it because it's usually when something really bad happened or I saw something and it made me angry enough to do that. Oh, I don't think you should make decisions like that when you're angry, you know, but, um, 
Right now, I still don't. Maybe one day, Josh, you'll see me and I'll have two X's on my hands. I'm not saying my it's goodness. outside of the possibility, but right now, I don't need it. I'm all, I'm cool. That's good. <laughs> anyway. One of the last times I've seen you play, though, actually, yeah. one of my favorite things was yeah. up in Lowell. Okay. And it was uh, Summit. Yeah. You were in Summit. I had a feeling you were going to bring up Summit. Okay. <laughs> Another band that I think had potential and got pushed to the side. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it was just yeah. like, it was like Lowell. Yeah. Uh, it was... Was it sick, sick of sin fest or some bullshit? Yeah. Oh my god, you were at that. <laughs> yeah. That and was like, when they had like the Jägermeister poster behind us when we yes, were playing. Yes. And I was trying to like bite my lip and like. Oh, we, well, we played at a place called the Blue Shamrock. Yeah. And like it's just Man, fucking a little bar and like dude, your uh, memory rivals mine. Wow. The, <laughs> fucking and I remember I remember this because you got up there and before you even started playing. Yeah. Did I say anything about alcohol? <laughs> I can't remember. Okay, okay. I remember specifically, though, I think Jackson Brown got inducted oh, into yeah. the Hall of Fame that yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, hey, Jackson Brown Hanna. got inducted. And like people were like, all right, clap it. And yeah. then you were like, but many people don't know that Jackson Brown beat his wife <laughs> yeah. for fucking 20 years. Yeah. And like, like, <laughs> it was such a buzzkill, but people yeah, need to hear it. <laughs> like, <laughs> You optimistic about fucking America and where we're at? I mean, it's the end of the year. What, what do you think about this year that we right just had? Right now, I am. And I'll tell you why. Um, I think there are people, for example, no, I'm going to say a controversial name, Alex Jones. Yeah. Regardless what you think about him, you like him, don't like him, whatever. A guy like him who talks about, you know, the government and the games they're playing and you know Google spying on people and this and that. Did you get understand that guy was there was a time when he was an obscure character, right? Now I see him being interviewed on the View. Dude, that means, really? Oh, he's been on the View. Oh, definitely. Fuck, I, I saw that. him on there, but I was like, wow, you know. Um, so what I feel is happening oh, is people are finally like catching on and like at least educating themselves i'll tell you another thing too now here's a disclaimer i don't like either political parties i don't like either one now when i say what i'm about to say okay i did not vote for donald trump i don't get him i'm not into him it's whatever this if i don't say this at first it sounds like i'm supporting him or whatever and i'm not the thing with donald trump is though i believe his victory was there is a good thing that came out of it if you study politics, I truly believe his victory was a result of people finally getting sick of the two-party system. Mm -hmm. Because what, what he did was, the first thing he did was attack Republicans. You also need to remember a lot of left-wing people who really wanted Bernie Sanders to win. Uh, Didn't they, want to they, back the Democrats. Well, they voted for Trump as a protest vote. Okay? Like, as, a, as like a, you know... In spite. Yeah, fuck the and, system. And, and I think, like, see, Josh, here's the thing I, I learned, right, is that a big moment in my life politically, right? Now, I love Rage Against the Machine. I always liked them, yeah. right? A huge turning point in my life. Do you remember they were putting out videos the year when, like, it was, like, Al Gore against George Bush, and I think John McCain might have been in there somewhere, and uh, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I, I can't remember, but... You know, at the end of their videos, they'd have, like, Ralph Nader and all that. Yeah. Okay. Dude, one of the things Rage Against the Machine did that was huge, I think, for me and a lot of people. If you remember, they played a show. A, uh, they played a big protest. And it was, like, in the parking lot or the street or whatever yeah. of 
the Democratic National Convention. Now, everyone's mind was blown because everyone's like, wait a minute. Why is Rage Against the Machine protesting the Democrats? The Democrats, you know, the conventional thinking was the Democrats are the little people. You know, Rage Against the Machine hates Republicans, whatever. And when I read into it and, and I read Rage Against the Machine, I mean, that was very strategic on their part. What they were doing and what they were saying, and it worked on me. It worked on a lot of kids. That was the beginning of my path. And this was a new concept to me. They opened my eyes to the fact that, dude, neither one of these parties are looking out for you. They're both these huge conglomerates. or They're, they're like gangs. They're like two gangs, as Jesse Ventura would say. Right. And that's when I really started understanding I don't like either party. I started to write in third-party people. That's what I do. I won't vote for either party. I write in. But the thing that really kind of stinks about it is that where my views are so a mixture of right and left, if I'm ripping on the left-wing people, then everyone thinks I'm a conservative. If I'm ripping on the right-wing people, then people think I'm a liberal. And so many people say, well, I don't like either party. I'm in the middle. But then when you discuss with them, upon further inspection, most people are leaning one way or the other. I really, truly believe I, I'm yeah. taking from both both ideologies. You know, Can you hear me all right, man? I'm sorry. You got, yeah, so I'm really not... Um, I I don't I don't subscribe to either. either. I, my my views are a mixture of both of them. This year you feel yeah. optimistic. Well, I, yeah, because Josh, you gotta understand, and I know really, like you're getting at this because like, well, Donald Trump's president, and this and that. Dude, you gotta understand, man. I spent so many years, and you watched me do it, trying to get people to care about politics. Right. The fact that now. You know what I'm talking about. You make the slightest political statement, left or right, mm-hmm. like on the internet, social media, a war breaks out. Yep. Dude, you got to understand, this was my dream. This is what I wanted. <laughs> like, how many years did you see me up there like, I hey, know. maybe if you spent more time paying attention to politics than you do to like Jersey Shore or like whatever was going on at the time. Dude, to me, I'm watching a world that finally everything is political, for better or worse, regardless of who's the president or who's not or whatever. This was something that I advocated I advocated for for so many years that this country turned into this big political debate. And, dude, it finally happened. You know what I mean? And, yeah. dude, as far as Donald Trump goes, like I said, I, I don't... I like Ron... I like the, like the third-party guys. I like the Jesse Venturas, the Ralph Naders. The Ron Pauls. I like those because I like Bernie a little bit, right? But I don't get Donald Trump. I To me, he was a guy that, like, I don't know why he resonated with people. I like Rand Paul, the son. And he just, I just look at it and I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't, you know, I don't get it. I don't get why people are into him. But regardless, I, whatever the circumstances were, it finally set off this debate. That I, I finally, I never thought in my lifetime I'd see like almost like a resurrection of the 60s. You know what I mean? So I know this is an odd way to look at it and it's odd times to be optimistic, but it's like, man, you got the internet now. It's a weapon. You're no longer a slave to like a network or whatever. I mean, you can go out and start a website and you can compete. You can compete with CNN. You can compete with Fox News. Fucking right. I mean, you couldn't, I mean, think about it, man. There's some good things to be, you know, to, to come out of this. Um, I think you hit on it though a little yeah. inadvertently though, yeah. Because you wanted you were asking people to care about politics as much as Jersey Shore, right? President's a fucking reality TV yeah. star. But but Josh, there's another thing about that too. For years, how many times did you see like 
there would be a celebrity that would really make sense. And people are like, you should run, you should run. Now again, Donald Trump is now we're seeing inspiring other celebrities. I don't think it's a bad thing when celebrities want to get involved because to me, dude, you, these career politicians, they're just saying whatever people want to hear. And I think it's, it is kind of inspiring people from outside of the normal political arena to, to get in there and, and like throw out their opinions. I don't think celebrities should be quiet. People think celebrities like, Oh, you know, uh, be quiet and swing your hockey stick or sing yeah. your microphone. Dude, I don't agree with that. These people have tremendous influence. Yeah. Tremendous. I would argue, I've always made the, the, the joke that, dude, I could take, like, take, say, a picture of Ariana Grande, right? Sure. I could go to, I guarantee you, bet you any money I have, amount of money I have, I could take a picture of Ariana Grande, right, and go to all 50 states, in one hand, Ariana Grande, and in every other state, hold up one of the two U.S. senators, either one, and pick 100 teenagers in each state. Who's this? Hold up the senator. Some might know, some might not. Hold up Ariana Grande. You better believe every one of them kids is going to know who she is. Yeah. So to say that these celebrities don't have influence... I mean, I think that's a bit naive. I think they have a lot of influence. Oh, fuck you yeah. know. I, th I think, I mean, little Wayne might as well be a politician. Really? I mean, kids, kids are listening to him more. I'm not saying he'd make a good one, but no, what I'm saying is he might as well, like, I'd say there are kids that hang more on his words. I say there are kids that know who he is and probably don't even know who Mike Pence is. No I shit. really believe that, Josh. I really believe that. Really? You know, there are probably more kids that know who, even when Obama was president, there are probably more kids who knew who Katy Perry was than they do, knew who Joe Biden was. I really believe that. You know? Yeah. No, no, I don't think that's far-fetched yeah. at all. I don't. I stand by that. What about President Oprah? Would you, put, would you vote for that? How about that ticket? Or President Tom Hanks? How about that? Um, yeah, maybe. I, I think... What if he had Governor Choke in Massachusetts? Oh, uh, from Slapshot? Yeah. That'd be cool. Dude, I'd have to see. Well, well like, my big guy. Okay. P put it this. I already did this once. Like, well, I still am now. Like, I'm a huge Jesse Ventura fan, as I said. So, you're naming celebrities. I'd have to see what they're about. But I can give you an example right now. I mean, Jesse Ventura, the wrestler, the actor. I love his politics. Yeah. I mean, the guy is so good. So, I mean, someone like that I would vote for. Maybe if it was like Oprah and Jesse Ventura or something like that. You Thermite. Know? Um, jet fuel. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, Jesse Ventura is the big one for me. You yeah. know what I mean? What about Ted I, Nugent? Can we get Ted Nugent in there? Maybe. I, I, I'd have <laughs> to see. But if you do, this is the thing. Like, all these people you're naming, again, and this is the problem with politics, you're naming people that I know are either going to be really, really right or really, really left. Yeah. And that's the thing I love so much about Jesse Ventura is because, dude, if you listen to him, he's drawing from both sides. Look at Ron Paul, who a lot of people would argue he's this really hard right guy. But, dude, if you listen to Ron Paul, because he's so libertarian, he may be this extreme right guy, but because he wants all regulations out, no government, whatever. What that does is it leaves this window open so that the left-wing people can do whatever they want to do. Like, he really is all about, like, I want this right-wing government, but if you're left-wing, you know, you want to 
be gay, you want to be whatever. I mean, Ron Paul's really not going to get in your way. You know what I mean? So um, that that's why I, I'm drawn to guys like that. And that's the definition of libertarianism, too. I mean, it's, it's right-wing on the government, right-wing beliefs as far as the government should be run or no government at all, some of them. But at the end of the day, they also believe... You do whatever you want. I can't. I mean, they look at them. They want Ron Paul. Dude, you had a Ron Paul president. You'd have marijuana. You'd have legalization. Everything. He's not going to get in the way of that. He he believes that there's too many regulations. You you can do whatever you want with a Ron Paul in office. You know. And I laugh at the Republicans who hate Trump, but yet they laughed at a guy like Ron Paul. Yeah. They had every opportunity to to put some type of guy like that up on that stage. And and to me, they, they blew it over and over again to the point where here comes Donald Trump, you know? So I, I got no sympathy for either political party if they're upset that Donald won, you know? Well, I think uh-huh. that Trump's going to kill the, the Republican Party faster and more efficiently than the Democrats ever could. Mainly yeah. on the aspect of the the religious right, I think, right. has to break at some point. Well, they can't fucking stand behind this guy. Well, you could say the same thing about the Democrats. Yeah. Look at what happened. People wanted Bernie Sanders. Sure. And here comes privileged Hillary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you people want Bernie. Well, yeah, we're not going to do that. I decided I'm, I'm Queen Hillary. I'm going to. So they're sabotaging him. It's like, Hillary, you're, you're, she showed that her loyalty is not to the people or to the party. And so to me, what you just said about Donald can also be said about Hillary. She did more damage to her own party than, than an outside source could have ever done. You know, so and again, these are debatable positions. I mean, some people might look at it a different way. This is just how I see it. You know, (laughs) I don't know. Hillary uh, wasn't big sell for me. I think there's blood on those hands, sir. Not just the Benghazi stuff or whatever, but, you know, she's what I call. She's part of the Clinton, the Clinton Bush dynasty. Dude, think about it. If if Hillary won, you would have gone back and forth. Bush, Clinton, Bush. Obama back to Clinton again. I mean, it's just back and forth. The two, I mean, you had like two ruling dynasties. Yeah. And, and then even go back to like, you know, George Bush Sr., he was a continuation of, you know, the Ronald Reagan era because he was his vice president. So it's like, dude, you, you had, it's it's beyond two ruling parties. It was like cliques, families that were ruling you know what I mean? Just going back and forth, back and forth, whether it was a Democrat or Republican, you know? So um, it would have been, ama- I mean, if she won, or it was like the year that, uh, you know, John Kerry was going against uh, George Bush, yeah. and, they, and they're both in skull and bones. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man. Like, they're all just come being picked from the same tree. So you, you like, know? see, I like that. I, I can't. You, you were talking about Alex Jones earlier. I miss yeah. the days of Alex Jones when yeah. it was fucking secret societies right. and fucking aliens and shit. Right. That's the conspiracy shit I like. That, that's the real politics, right. you know? Fucking Dude, this is where Alex Jones went wrong, okay? Dude, Alex Jones was picking up a lot of steam and getting a lot of credibility. But what he does is he continues. He doesn't know... Dude, there's a certain time where you gotta let things rest. He's... He's got people's attention. He's talking politics. He's getting people on board. And then he's talking about something about like, you know, pesticides in the water are making goldfish kill themselves. Yeah. <laughs> or like three-eyed fish or the the fish are having sexual problems in it. I don't know exactly what it was. I think he was saying that something that was in the water was being polluted and fish yeah. were committing suicide. Now listen, 
Dude, maybe that's true. Turn the frogs maybe, gay. Yeah, may, maybe the frogs are turning gay, like you said, yeah, and yeah. the fish are becoming suicidal. Maybe it's true. Dude, here's the deal. D- don't even go there. Most people, Alex should know this. Dude, most people cannot relate to that. And when you say something like that, they think you're out of your mind. Right. So the problem with Alex Jones is when he finally has people's attention over legitimate political problems he's still interjecting these ridiculous off-the-wall theories that have nothing to do with anything and i think it's a shame because again i think he's almost single-handedly responsible for people realizing like hey there's people making decisions that weren't even elected that are behind closed doors and this and that. I mean, he was a big part of that. I mean, he was one of the guys that would bring like Ron Paul and Jesse Ventura onto his show. He was a platform for those guys. And I think he, he did more damage. Again, just like we're talking with political parties, Alex Jones has done more damage to himself than an outside source could have ever done. You know? So that's it. He just, you can't talk about fish, dude. No one's going to get it, dude. <laughs> yeah, the fish are committing suicide. Dude, who's going to relate to that? Who's yeah. going to like, they're just going to write you off as Turn a Turn the frog guy. And again, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying, you know, Josh, maybe he's, maybe he's right. Maybe they are. But dude, don't even, don't even bring that up, man. There's way more serious topics that people can connect with, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm not sure really where I lost him. It might be probably because he aligned so heavily, and I, I know why he would align heavily with Trump. But right. like, man, he had like Roger Stone there with him, and I'm just like, yeah. Ugh. Hey, like you know who? You know the one that gets me. That's kind of weird. Have you noticed? And and again, I don't get angry. I get fascinated with it, and I study it. Do you, do you notice like? David Duke is like gaining credibility now. Have you noticed that? Like people have him on as like a legitimate guest and that kind of tweaks me out a little bit. You know, we just watched Uh, Black Klansman the other night. Okay. Have you seen that? No, it's a Spike Lee movie about this true story in Colorado. It was like a uh, undercover operation where they infiltrated the fucking clan out there. Right. And uh, it's worth watching, right. but but the fucking kid, the kid Tofa. Yeah, I saw I saw David him being Duke. interviewed. I love that seventy <laughs> show, man. I, I, and I, you know, something funny. Um, I there is there's a black guy, and he's all over YouTube. He go, you know, that TEDx festival thing they have, whatever, where with people TED speak. Talks and shit. Yeah. yeah, he spoke at it. He's a he's a black guy. He's a jazz musician, I believe. He goes to Ku Klux Klan. Meetings. I've seen this to, guy to like, on Vice. and dude, yeah. he's he's made headway with them. Like he's befriended a lot of Ku Klux Klan guys. And the thing with David Duke is, again, man, I'm like, it's just weird. Like, dude, let's say David Duke is like a reformed. He's kind of like um, Mark Furman. Let's say David Duke and Mark Furman have come to this point in life where they're like, you know what, I need to change my ways. Uh, you know, I did this in the past. I need to stop. To me, though, that's great. But dude, why would you want like why would you have Mark Furman on bro, your show? Bro, Fox Why ha- would you want to be affiliated with Foxes that, you know? use Furman as like a legal fucking dude, consultant? I don't, that it blows that my fucking mind. my stomach, man. I I don't get how <laughs> I just can't get over some of the things he said and yeah. did. And again, man, dude, I think everyone deserves a second chance. Everyone and, and I don't know what he's going through. Maybe he is trying to reform himself, but for my organ, it's dude. You know what? It's like I brought up skull and bones, right. right? This is what I don't get, dude. You're Yale University. Let's say everything they say about skull and bones is just mythical. It's not real. It's whatever. Regardless, if you're the head of Yale University, 
why would you want to be associated if you got a group and and they're being accused of like hiding skeletons in the basement of that wouldn't you shut them down like how does Yale University one of the most prestigious schools on earth allow that group to be affiliated with them you know what I mean and, and I'll give you another example Chris Brown this was a huge one for me again dude he, he beat the crap out of Rihanna now maybe he's remorseful maybe he's sad he did it everyone deserves a second chance but I can't believe how quickly these record labels, these other artists, how quickly they were willing to work with him. It yeah. was like nothing ever happened. I saw you like Steve Wilkos. I watch him once in a while. Steve Wilkos. Right? Yeah, the the guy from uh, Jerry Springer's Bodyguard that has his own show. Oh, really? The I didn't know that. Guy. Yeah, he really. He had a show one time, and he has in his audience is a special show. Okay, it's all teenage girls, and they're all wearing like pink or whatever. And in the Chris Brown thing, it just happened, and it came up, and he says. How many of you people think it was okay that Chris Brown beat up Rihanna? Dude, it, I'll tell you, it, at least two-thirds of those girls put their hands up. This is the really? world we're living in now. And he's like, I-, I can't believe this just happened. And he just asked one of the girls. She goes, yeah, but supposedly she was getting a text from a guy or something. There was a reason he did this. And he's like, dude, it doesn't matter. You can't. You shouldn't be doing that to a girl, right? And... My whole angle on that was, if you're a teenage girl going to the Steve Wilco show, you're, I mean, he's a guy where every show is about domestic violence, drug abuse. These are like, I would assume, girls that are pretty concerned with the world. I mean, his show does have some social redeeming value, unlike the Jerry Springer show, right, where he came from. I mean, these are straight-thinking people. Now, if all those girls who are into this guy's show where he's trying to do something good for the world... If they're all raising their hands, that many girls, imagine if you took a room full of teenagers that don't aren't part of that show or don't watch it. Or have, I, I'd say just about every one of their hands would go up. I mean, dude, this is the world we're living in now. Fuck. Chris Brown's beats up a girl and it's, it's totally okay. And they, <laughs> geez, it's mind-boggling, dude. It's Think of Chris Brown beat through her face. Did you see what her face looked like? She got hit yeah, by a truck. And that guy's still got a career. Dude, we and see it nearly every other week in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Th- you know, I, I, as a sports fan, you see that. And I follow MMA. There's fucking yeah. All the, fighters dude, that fucking uh, annihilate fucking I'm, I'm, females. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Okay, it's funny you brought that up. It's Now it's coming up. I, the one sport I'm into is martial arts, yeah. right? Like, I've trained. I, I dabble. I've competed a little bit, just mildly, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just something I kind of do on the side. Nothing to write home about. And... I, as someone who's into martial arts and into, I've been watching the UFC since it came out and whatever, dude, I don't like the behavior. It just, it bugs me. It's always bugged me. And you know, when I knew it was going to happen, the turning point, I knew it the day it happened. And I'm on record saying it when Spike TV stepped in. Yeah. I said, this is trouble because look what Spike TV is. Guy programming for guys. It's like yeah. the alpha male stuff we were talking about before, like right. downtown Plymouth. And, um, you know, you had the man show. Girls jumping on trampolines, all these alcohol advertisements. And I, I said to all my friends, the, and there weren't a lot of us. You got to remember, the UFC was a very small underground thing back then. Yeah. Not a lot of people even had seen it before. Well, but that was right when the, uh, <laughs> was that when the Fatitas got it? They must have been, right? I, it was back like fucking, it was at 7.5. 
I don't. I got the fight pass. I should fucking pull it, it up. I couldn't pinpoint the year when Spike TV stepped in, yeah, but yeah, yeah. in Dana White in yeah, was, coordination with Spike TV, or he steps in and now Spike TV is gonna. So it's air the start the of the Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it, yeah. it was this churning point, and I'm just like, dude, they're gonna turn this into. And I said it. I go like, watch what the UFC is now. Well, we talked those, about this last night with, regarding fucking Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. It's right. like, you know, like that's all you had back then. And right. it was just heat. Well, and then they well, showed it up fucking, well, you know, even years like, later. Dude, I can get into little things you might not even notice before. Look at how much emphasis is on the ring girl, the yeah. ring girls now. Oh, You've yeah. got whole magazines that is just the ring girls. And it's like, okay, is this about fighting or are you marketing to a certain group of guys and hiding behind the shield of the of the ring girls you know what i mean and that's where that's another thing with like donald trump man it blows my mind how the things that donald trump says like i'm disgusted like things he said about women right but i also see a world where people who i know for a fact like do you know how many guys on the south shore used to tell me i need to chill out Dude, you're getting too, you know, what do you get angry about these strip clubs for? These girls choose to work there. This, You know, anything I said that was like anti-rape culture, they used to get so angry at me at. And now all of a sudden, these same guys are like going nuts about Donald Trump. It's like, dude, wait a minute. You just took a picture of a girl you slept with naked who those pictures were for you. First of all, why are you even dumb enough to take those pictures? Because... I mean, I wouldn't even mess with that stuff. And you're showing them to your friends without her knowledge. And now you're going to tell me you can't vote for Donald Trump because he's a sexist. Dude, what you're doing is every bit as damaging as what he's doing. Right. And I see like celebrities doing, I mean, dude, that, that man show, Jimmy Kimmel, that, that, was, that show was horrid. The way they, they portrayed women in those shows. And, and, and now it's like, you know, I get a lot of heat because I say, Jimmy Kimmel, like, you know, he's saying all this stuff about Donald Trump, but look what, look at the damage he's done to women. And people say, well, that was 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Okay, fair enough. Then how come Mitt Romney, who I don't like, but, you know, he bullied a kid in like 1965 in high school and they, they said he shouldn't be president before it. Well, I mean, be president because of it. So it's like, dude, you, if you can go back to the 60s for something Mitt Romney did, then to me it's every bit as legitimate for me to be angry that something Jimmy Kimmel did 15 years ago. You know, it's, it's, it's all relevant based on, again, it's, it's political. If, if you like the guy, you'll defend him. If you don't like the guy, you'll go back 100 years. And again, it goes for both parties. Yeah. You know, I really, I just, I've noticed that there's a trend and I don't trust or like either side. It's just how I am. I've been like that. You know, it goes back to Rage Against the Machine. I've been like that forever. When they were making fun of both parties, that stuff, music is heavy, man. It's influential. It stays with me to this day. Oh, yeah. Because it know? undermines the system. Yeah. You Which, know? to hit on fucking, did you watch UFC last night? No. 232? No, I didn't. So, no. I don't know. Have you, have you read about it? Have you seen what happened? No, what happened? Fucking Tell Cyborg. Cyborg lost. Okay. Noon's beater. Yeah. And. I've been waiting for Cyborg to lose for 10 years, but okay. we, we were talking about this last night. Yeah. UFC ain't going to fucking put over... Like, Nunes is the greatest fucking female champion in the history of fucking female fighting. Right. And since she is openly fucking lesbian, right. UFC is botching how they fucking promote her. And furthermore, okay. too, since fucking Brazil is so fucked and, up and why is that? Is it because they cater to, like, a... Uh, 
conservative you're talking about crowd. Or, yeah, you're like talking about dude right. culture. Fucking right, right. like the culture, right. on the, you know, right. uh, the Zufa shit with Spike TV. Right. A I mean, they just had to deal with Fox. Right. And right. now they're going to move into fucking ESPN. Right, right. You know, so like they, they, but furthermore too, you have two Brazilian women fighting. Right. Brazil's fucking hard fucking Christian. Right. Fucking, you know, they right. just got the right ring fucking guy in there. Right, right. They're completely botching the fact that they right. have legitimately the greatest of all time in there. Right. And like, you know, fucking. Yeah, so politics even plays into like sports and stuff. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, I, I mean, I look, like I said, uh, with Dana White, I mean, he's a businessman. He's from um, Norwood. Yeah, I, I knew he was from Massachusetts. I was aware of that. Um, look, man, he's, like I said, when he stepped in and I saw what was happening, I said back then, I knew, dude, I'm telling you, man, it was like the morning I woke up and found out this was all going to happen. I, everything you're seeing, I predicted. Like as far as like it being this big corporate thing and whatever and you know becoming things other than the fighting. Like I said, man, I've I've it's sad. I love the sport, but I've just I've distanced. Like there was a time, like you said, did you see it last night? There was a time when the answer would have been yes. Right now it's just like no, nah, I didn't. You know, so yeah, yeah. you know, I I don't know. Like I can't. I watch some stuff on YouTube. Here and there, you know, but I've kind of drawn to it though, just because it is somewhat undermining the system. You know, yeah. like boxing's now somewhat obsolete, unfortunately. Yeah. Boxing was huge when we were kids. Fuck yeah! Huge, I mean, know? it was on, on fucking TV and shit. Right. Fucking, you know. Yeah. It was always but local boxing's shit. just got buried, unfortunately. Yeah. You know. Um, well, they can't prove. I mean, they don't want to admit it, but the fucking brain damage that comes with that, and yeah. then you got you know products like the NFL that are fucking yeah, capitalizing yeah. off that shit. Right, right, right. And you know, I think I think as a whole too, we've been starting. I don't know, just maybe it's maturity, but I've just been starting to reject the big time consumerism that comes to those big four leagues. Yeah, yeah. I've always, I've always. Um, I mean, again, dude, we're getting into. St I mean, none of this should surprise you. Like, the, you know, the things you've heard me say in the past and the things I'm into. Um, I've, you know, what you're saying right now, I've, I've always felt that way. You know, this was again, dude, it's like, it's cool because this conversation we're having is so normal now. And this is again, why I'm so optimistic, dude, I'm on a daily basis having conversations that 25 years ago, you'd bring up this stuff and people would just look at you like you're nuts. And now, I mean, you, you got to kind of look at it that way. You know what I mean? Like right. people are slowly take the, the national security agency. There was a time where people didn't even know that thing existed. Right. You brought that up. They're like, what? Now everybody knows they're reading your emails. It's a mainstream term now to bring. You can have a conversation about the NSA. Dude, you couldn't do that 25 years ago. No one even knew what it was. So think about this. I mean, we, we are progressing a little. People are waking up. And I think the internet had a lot. The internet can be a bad, nasty thing. But, dude, I think there's a lot of good you can do with it, too. When used properly, it can be a weapon. So Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it evens the score. Any, any Joe Smoke can now have a voice and do damage. We've seen that. That's already been proven, you know? It's interesting seeing... I think you might have been uh, talking about some of this. And people don't talk about it. And it should be discussed yeah. furthermore, but these, these like pedophile rings and shit, yeah, that they're fucking yeah. like busting up and shit, yeah. like it's fucking crazy. Like well, they're everywhere. Like and, and a lot of high powered people, are like really fucking involved with it. Dude, one of the problems I found with like the pedophilia thing that you got to remember, and I think this is the biggest problem. 
like most people, when I first started, now you got to remember, man, I was, I'm a dude who was making uh, pamphlets about like child prostitution and sex trafficking. Again, when I first started doing this, people were like, this goes on? What, really? Now, it's a mainstream thing. And I think, you know who I think helped make it mainstream was actually uh, Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher with that little organization they started. Um, so, and I actually, one of their friends saw me speak one time in Connecticut and yeah. took some pamphlets for them. I mean, I don't know if they ever reached them, but... Um, you know, whatever it's, I mean, I think they did some good with that, it, but the, back to what I was saying, the problem is when you say pedophilia, the, the first thing that comes in people's mind, and, and I was the same way, you think a 45 year old guy would like a seven year old dude. The problem with it is, is that that's not always necessarily the case. I think the majority of pedophilia or what is defined as pedophilia is actually, you know, guys taking pictures of like a 14 or a 15 year old and selling them. Like it's not, it's not necessarily like a little kid or a toddler or a baby. It could be a teenager. So a lot of times you might have a girl who's 15 it, you know, it happened in Rhode Island one time. They had a 16-year-old girl working at a strip club, and people thought she was adult, an adult. Now, if that girl was like nine years old, obviously it would be recognized right away. But because she was 16 or whatever, they're kind of getting away with it. And I think that's one of the biggest things people need to realize is that a lot of, you know, look at like To Catch a Predator. A lot of these girls that they think they're going to meet are like 16, 17 years old. So there's kind of this like, I don't know if you call it a loophole, but there's this little like window where people might kind of look at it like, well, it wasn't that bad. She was 17. You know what I mean? And she contacted me and she's about to be 18. So I think that's where a lot of the problem comes in with like the pedophilia and whatnot is because when it is someone who might be close to being an adult, people aren't as freaked out by it. If someone sees a prostitute walking down the street that's 16 but looks like they're 19, well, that's not going to catch their eye as much as uh, uh, someone selling pictures of a five-year-old. Am I making sense? I don't know if you get what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Like, what I think the, what, what I'm saying is that that is why it, it becomes such a problem because they're, they're, the, 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 the cliche idea that pedophilia is always happening to like really, really young little toddler kids, which it definitely does. There's a whole market for that too. But I think th like when you get into like sex trafficking and all that stuff, I think a lot of times like, okay, like you, you when you see that a priest was molesting a, a kid, I mean, it seems to me more often than not, a lot of times that the, the boy was in high school. I mean, that happens a lot. You know, it, it was like a boy who maybe the priest thought was gay or might be okay with it. And and I th I think they they use that a lot that that well may maybe I can get away with this maybe the the kid will be okay with it and I and I think that's where like a lot of like the sex trafficking and all that stuff the sex work is it's you know when it's when it's teenagers and stuff like that people aren't going to be as concerned as if it was a kid in kindergarten you know so I think that's added to the problem that it, it's not going to freak people out as much you know. But yeah. um, and, and and you're also specifically talking about people in high places. Yeah, I would yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry if I'm going off on a whole nother. no. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a the, big the, subject because you got fucking right. there's human trafficking. Right. Sorry if I got way off topic. No, it's all yeah. good. No, because <laughs> yeah. that, and that's what you're talking about too. Is like you know, uh, 
there are plenty of Inquisition right. apologists. You know that, right, that right. black metal band Inquisition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have like the the guy. Not only do they have like, these fucking like yeah. national socialist fucking yeah. allegations and okay. ties, what have you. Right. But like he he was also uh, found guilty of possession of fucking okay. porn, uh, pedophilia. I remember that. I heard about that. Okay. Right. And right. but there's apologists who are like, I don't know, fucking sixteen year olds. It's not fucking like oh, you know. So, like, okay, you so know. you see what I'm saying? Then. Yeah, you, yeah, okay. I understand. So that. what I say yeah. stands. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah. But furthermore, too, I don't know. It's kind of weird because like ultimately, when you refer to like the human trafficking side of it, right. th- like that's really what I think is like kind of more alarming about the whole right, thing. Right, like, right. You know, like when you th- consider. Uh, indigenous women, for example, right. go missing at right. an extraordinarily high rate. Right. Like, we, 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 well, I, dude, that's what my whole thing with, that's one of my reasons for being straight edge is that, dude, when you're, if a drug is illegal and you're buying it, it, it requires criminal organizations to bring it into the country. Well, they're also involved in other things too. Like when I hear of, you know, people getting their heads chopped off and this and that, I, I'd say it's a safe bet that the people that are doing that are also probably involved in drug trafficking as well. You know, so it's like people every day are inadvertently funding things like, oh, this isn't hurting anybody, but it, well, it might be, maybe you're funding. That's why, like, again, dude, I just stay away from them. I, I, I think strip clubs are bad news. I don't go near them. I don't like them. Um, Everyone I know is okay with them, but I'm not. And th- I mean, it's not only that I don't want to like pati- like economically support a place like that. It goes beyond that. And this gets back to like the Chris Brown beating thing is that, dude, I remember a time, man, where like strip clubs were just something you didn't go near. It was just this, these dingy in the dark places that like really down and out people would hang at. Dude, now, now they're like restaurants. They're normal. Yeah. Look at Hooters. Oh, yeah. Hooters is now a family restaurant. It's a restaurant, sir. Yeah, restaurant. But I remember when Hooters first came out, people were appalled. And, and people like me, I'm like, this place is never going to survive. Dude, now, again, people bring their kids there. Yeah. And, dude, I'm not saying oh, you're a bad person for going there or bringing your kids, but it's like, dude, look at where we were and where we've, like, you know, it's, it, 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 it's mind-boggling what passes now as normal behavior like stuff i th- i would have looked at as antisocial years ago is now just mainstream you know really so yeah <laughs> and and i know it's you know the way i live and the things i'm against it's not for every did you gotta understand something josh and this is why i'm a little more calm now and not maybe as angry as when you first met me dude i came to a realization one day i looked at myself and i'm just like dan dude your beliefs the way you live the way you behave dude you are in the extreme extreme minority like you need to start coexisting with the rest because (laughs) it's great that you live this way and you can continue and you can it's you know do your thing you don't have to sell out a change but dude you gotta understand you're sharing this world with billions of people and the average person does not think the way you do and that caused me to lighten up a little bit i kind of gotta just be like look dude people go to strip clubs they drink beer they watch spike tv they do all this stuff this is american culture and you got to kind of just deal with it you know so that's that's some of the reason for why you know i I wouldn't say something like you know put my (laughs) ex up or whatever (laughs) in my arms (laughs) i don't don't, you know do that stuff much anymore you know yeah so if people find out i'm straight edge it's because it came up i don't go out of my way to tell them yeah you know yeah so (laughs) that's what it is yeah 
But I don't know. It's 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 been quite a ride out there. Fucking between fucking uh, because in the end, I'm not sure that fucking Trump was really fucking all that he claimed to be. We got, you know, I mean, it's not like he's this innocent dude. You know, right. you know, like the whole backdoor fucking deals that he's got is no different well, than fucking whatever fucking I, Hillary and, and the Clintons was doing with the fucking cartels. And, yeah. you know, oh, I mean, yeah, it yeah, probably I, is different, but right. like, well, I, still, I know. think Donald Trump is finding out like most politicians. Um, and I know he tried to be largely independent use his own money or whatever, but dude, this is the problem with politics and this is what happens. And this is where I do sympathize with politicians. Dude, when you're out there and you have an opponent and they're spending millions of dollars on a campaign and you're just, desperately trying to keep up you're taking donations in from everywhere right and you've got all these beliefs all this and that and then suddenly you win and the next day there's a knock at the door hey man that's awesome you won oh by the way remember we donated fifty five thousand dollars to your cause well yeah you, you owe us something now right and now all of a sudden these people gotta kind of make good on like these little handshakes that they did oh, yeah. for donations and stuff. And I think a lot of these politicians just, I think they get just so in over their head. And, and like I said, I do in that sense, I do have some sympathy, you know, because I think some of these people just like, they don't know what they're getting into, man, until they're finally there, you know? And that's when they're just like, wow. Like, well, that's what, the real politics. You know? That's yeah. how politics is done. It's yeah. Fucking, you yeah. know, like it, ain't no fucking sausage fucking Congress it, floor it, shit. And when they started this country, they were hoping that it wouldn't become that, and it did. Yeah. You know, so the plan was it not to was for it not to be like this, and that you know it took a long time, but eventually it you know it did happen. So, do you uh, think that this guy could be impeached in the next two years? If not, do you think he can win re-election? Well, I think if well, first of all, if Donald Trump becomes impeached, then Mike Pence is the president. So, I mean. You're optimistic. Nothing really changes. I mean, he's still got Mike Pence there. I think, um, it, dude. I, I, like I said, I, I, if if you follow what I'm saying about this is a result. Let me put it to you this way. If the Democrats cannot come up with a better person, then he will win again. He he needs to. Again, I believe his victory was a, a result of the disdain for the two-party system if the two-party system can get it together and that goes for republicans too if the republicans can come up with somebody that people like or the democrats can do the same thing then yeah he might not win but if things keep going the way they're going and people still look at him as the answer to the two-party dilemma then yes he'll win again i remember michael moore who is very left-wing and doesn't like you know, it didn't clearly it wasn't into Donald Trump. He predict. Did you ever see the speech? He predicted that Donald Trump would win, and he just he beautifully explained it. He's like, and he's saying what I said. You know, they, these are people that didn't necessarily like him, or didn't necessarily like Republicans or believe in anything what he was saying. They were just so damn fed up, and. Donald Trump was saying, like, gave them hope. He was saying the thing they wanted to hear. And that's, and that's, and he said, I looked around, I saw people that they weren't racist, they weren't bad people. They were just, they were just beaten down. They've yeah. had it. Right. You know, and that, again, if you look at it that way, you see why he won. I, I, I just, I see him as the result of 
a failed two-party system. You need more political parties in there. You can't laugh at someone like Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah, we're not going to let you in the debate because you're Jesse Ventura. Dude, you got to have a big group of people up there debating in different parties and different angles. We're insisting on these two parties. It's one or the other. It's always either up or down, stop or go, chocolate or vanilla. Well, then something like this is eventually going to happen. Someone like Donald Trump's going to get in. You know what I mean? So that's that's just that's my take on it. I mean, I know I can't. It's hard for me to get out of that mind frame, but I just, like I said, I believe his victory was, and again, I didn't vote for him. I write in. I always write in. I won't vote for either party. None of this surprises me that he won. I, I mean, well, I was surprised that he actually won, but then when I analyzed <laughs> it, I'm like, wow, he actually won. When I analyzed it, I'm like, well, it kind of it kind of makes sense, yeah. you know? So think of all the left wing people that voted for him because they were so angry at Hillary. I honestly don't know. I, mean, that I don't know people a, that voted for Trump. I'm naive. Like I, I mean, like there's a lot of Sanders people. I know people without a doubt. I know someone who was um said that they were out like petitioning for Hillary, and they got it a lot. Like people were saying, "Look, I I just I'm so angry at Hillary. I'm not voting for. Her. I may even vote for Trump. I I think a lot of people did that. I really do. I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but I think you know. So the fact is that fucking Hillary's more hated than Donald's loved. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what happened. Fucking and, wild. You know. I I really believe that, Josh. And I, like I said, I I all this stuff was. I you have to step back to like see all this. You know what I mean? And oh yeah. When you step back, it kind of makes sense. But look, again, Josh, the, look, dude, these are my opinions. This is my personal analysis. Somebody else could walk in here and be like, Dan, you're wrong. That's not how it happened. This is why it happened. This and that. And it, and I, you know, that that may be true as well. These are just my personal observations, and everything I'm saying today could be complete garbage. I'm just it's just how I <laughs> analyzed it, and I don't I don't know everything. It's just my opinion, you know. When you started playing in bands, yes, Whitman Hanson. Was that a studio that you would? We no, were what, that's the town of Han- Whitman Hanson's a high school. It's, okay. it's Whitman and Hanson combined. Hanson is the town where Priority Music first started. Okay. Now it's actually ironically over in Whitman. No, I knew you at the Brockton Studios, but at that time, Hanson, where Luke started the Hanson Studios in the town of Hanson, and I actually Seven Day Curse was one of three bands in that entire building. We were, we were the third band ever to really? like rent. So we were one of the very, one of Luke's very first customers. It was us, Lifeline, which was a hardcore band from like the Lakeville, Middleborough area. Lifeline? And, yeah, Lifeline was a name. And then uh, Humongous Fungus was <laughs> this other <laughs> band that was, I don't know really know much what they played, but um, so we were one of like three, and man, that place was desolate. It was weird going in there. Now it's like there's big business bands everywhere at the studio. But um, what did that, what was that building used for? I believe it was a cranberry factory. For like Ocean Spray? Yeah, everything's Ocean Spray out there. Um, Ocean Spray owns a lot of, well, like contract. Oh, I don't know how you say it, but they get, they get a lot of cranberries from that area. I think their facilities like on the Middleborough Lakeville line. I think it's in Lakeville. I, but it's real close to Middleborough. I don't, you could look in the bottle and see the exact address. So but, fucking. A lot but of they tra- get cranberries from everywhere. Like I grew but, up in cranberry fields, you know. So back in the 1800s, yeah. this building's operational. Yeah. And they had a lot of or ch- early 1900s, maybe. Who knows? It was around that time. Child labor's a thing. Yeah. All the little kids in there picking berries yeah. and yeah. sorting Probably, them out. Yeah. People died there. Well, I had. Are you getting? I think I know what you're getting at. 
Because I'm into all that stuff. Are we going the same place? What's like, the, what are we talking about, Dan? I don't know. Well, there's a lot of rumors <laughs> of hauntings in that building. Yeah. Is yeah. That, yeah. Um, I could tell you some wild. You want? I mean, I can blow your mind with some stories from that. But yeah, that place is haunted. 100%. I mean, I could tell you stories that just like yeah. defy I'm, logic. I'm very curious. Because I've, I've, I've talked to many want. people about this. And fucking... Yeah. I probably got the best ones. Really? Yeah. Really? There were two that I just... Insanity. See, I've heard shit uh, about ocean spray and children, and people have seen. Yeah, you there's know, a lot like, of little kid ghosts supposedly around there, but there's other reasons. Um, well, let, let me tell you my. St- I'll tell you quick. All right. The the story I had, and I'm not going to name any names of people that were involved in this. The two that stick out, and one of them I knew for years, and another one was just made aware to me Luke just told me about it and it's even more mind blowing than the first one what happened was there was a security guard that worked there and he he passed away I don't know if it it was some unnatural it was either from drug abuse or he committed suicide or something and what happened was the day after he died let me get this story straight. Let me just think for a second. Okay. He died in the morning, or they'd found him dead, or something like that. And then that afternoon, Pete, they had a little get like an instrument store, and and there's a big group of people in there, talking. You know, hey, so and so passed away this morning. The security guy. Well, this kid walks in, says, "What's going on here?" They go, "You know, this guy passed away. They found him dead." This morning but he had died like two days that's what happened he had died a couple days previously and people were just finding out now the chrono the chronology matters in this story okay they had just found out he died but he had died like two days previously but now the news was out etc etc so this kid comes in he goes that's impossible he didn't he didn't die two days ago whatever he goes i was just talking to him last night (laughs) in the hallway and Luke's like, no, the guy died. So Luke went. Now, this is in the eight. You got to remember, now there's surveillance cameras everywhere. You yeah. can't leave your house without being on camera. Back then, only a few places, surveillance cameras weren't the phenomena they are now. So the fact that they had a surveillance camera there was odd enough. Like, it, it was because they didn't want people stealing band equipment. Luke goes in the office where the footage was, and he's like, what time did you see him? And he says, like, nine o'clock or whatever. He goes, I talked to him for a few minutes right over there. Luke plays back the video footage, and the kid is standing in the hallway having a conversation with nobody Fuck. for like five minutes, right at the time when he said he saw the guy. It gets worse. I just found out another one, okay? I guess the same guy, supposedly. Again, it was like the night after he died or whatever, or like the next day or whatever. So this had already guy. happened. Yeah, this had already happened. I'm not going to say who it was. Okay. And, and supposedly the person's kind of upset about it. And if you bring it up, this person like denies it even happened. And I, I shouldn't even be telling this story, but I'm just gonna. The story went, again, I got this right from Luke. Somebody went up to the studio and was leaving. And I guess he didn't get along with this particular security guard. And the security guard started giving him a hard time. Now, mind you, the guy had already died like the day or two before. Apparently, 
this person got in a fist fight with the guy no. and called Luke and was threatening to call the police. And I guess the police eventually did come down. No. And Luke's like, dude, this is impossible. Like, the guy's not here. He's like, some altercation, something <laughs> happened, and the guy had already died. And so there you go. This guy popped up twice after he was already supposed to be dead. And there was another, now I don't know if this is the same security guard who died, but there was some security guard saw something ran, 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 like he saw something as he was closing up, freaked him out, ran outside, tripped as he was running outside, smashed his head in the ground, and like passed out. Like people found him. He never came back, wouldn't talk to anybody, wouldn't, would not discuss what he saw. He just never went, he's like, I'm done, I'm not working there anymore, that's it. And, he, and no one could like get out of him. What happened. He just cut off communication with anybody in that building. Really? So we don't know what he saw to this day. Something freaked him out bad enough that he ran as fast as he could outside, and when you come down those stairs, he tripped, and there's a little water pipe or something. He hit his head on it. That's not the same guy that died. That part is sketchy. I don't know. I think it was probably a different security guard. Okay. I mean, that'd be a little too weird if that was the same guy. No, no, it couldn't have been because the guy who died left on good terms, and people had seen him, so it must have been a separate security guard. Okay. But um, there's other things. See, I like those really hard stories that are just like, wow. Dude, when people say... I saw, I felt the presence. Dude, I don't care that you felt the presence. Yeah. I want to see on videotape a cup flying off a table. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> then we'll talk. I don't right. want, and I believe in all this stuff, but dude, I don't want to hear that you saw a shadow or you felt the presence or there was like, I saw an orb. And, you know, I took a picture and there was an orb. It's like, dude, that could have been anything. Like, I right. like the brutal, brutal stories like the ones I just told you, yeah. you know, and I am a paranormal enthusiast. So, really? I, and I knew where you were going with that when you brought up <laughs> the Hanson studio. <laughs> See, I heard one good one with some former bandmates. Okay. Um, where they went up to like an attic. I, I went on one of those trips. There was okay. actually a few of those trips, and I was up in some of them. Go on. So there was they were in like some corridor up there, yeah. and they all said that it got dark. Like it got it, it sure it got darker, and not only did they feel a present, they yeah. they heard something growl or yeah, something. Okay. Like, and then they had a camera with them, and they yeah. took a they flashed it. Right. And I think it, they just took one flash. Right. And three people. They all saw, saw a little kid in a different position. Precisely. Yes. Okay. I know different... the story. I know who it was. We don't yeah. have to say names. But okay. Go on. Yeah. That blew me away hearing that. Yeah. And then like every other person that I met that fucking played yeah. there it was like, no, I I saw some shit in. Right. Dude. The place fuck? is creepy. Well, dude, the the pl- thing is now again, had you ever been in the Hanson? No, I've never been there, dude. If you went in there, the problem the the, the place is set up. For you to be terrified, you you gotta go down. It's one of these places like <laughs> you shut the light off, yeah. but the light switches on like the side you're standing on, and then you gotta walk down this like quarter mile ramp hallway after you already shut the light off because the light switch isn't down at the bottom. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you like shut the light off, walk in the dark. You're on the other side of the building by yourself. It's it's already a creep show. Fuck. E- even without anything. Ha- dude, I'm telling you, man, how many nights I left that place and I'm just like, dude, you just want to puke leaving really? that place. You're walking in the pitch dark. It, ju- it just stinks and you know all the stories and... It, it's Like a it really place, stinks? Man. Like it smells like an No, no, no. I don't mean it smells right, bad. Right. I mean, But I'll tell you something funny. You know Taps in Rhode Island, the ghost hunters, whatever. Yeah. They some of their um in terms in terms, if I'm saying it right, or their helpers, they started like a little side group called Orion. And um uh Dave Maggot used to tell me all the time how 
uh, he was in touch with them or somebody was, and they actually went there and they were going to do like, like a episode possibly, but it never, it never made the cut. Um, but they, they were thinking, I guess Orion or taps or somebody was actually thinking of doing an episode up there. Really? So yeah, that stuff's real, man. That was, and it's an old cranberry factory and it is weird. It's creepy. It's right next to the train station. Uh, so I'm sure it had, like you said, 1800s. I'm sure the industrial revolution probably played into it somehow. You know, the lo- the old locomotives, you know, oh, that was an yeah. old, those train, I mean, those tracks are still there, man. Yeah. Those are from the old days. Now it's the commuter rail. I mean, what's that do to you though? Like, I mean, how's that hard in you and in, in your personality? Like what, paranormal stuff? Yeah. Well, I would, I've always thought that, um, having a paranormal experience, a real one must, that's gotta be damaging. It's gotta be, you know, I had a weird thing happen to me when I was a kid that wasn't even that bad. And it, it just freaked me out, you know? So, um, it, it I, I came in, you know, people that had like poltergeist in their house and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, I mean, I want nothing to do with that stuff. You know, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I believe in all that and I just, I stay clear of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm into it. I study it, but I also try to, the only time I actively get involved and you can laugh at this. I've had a couple times where people had like things going on in their house and they came to me yeah. like, how do we get rid of it? And there's a couple times I feel like I helped them and they did kind of get rid of it. So, um, what do you mean? Like we go in there with the sage and all that and you start shouting at the, well, you're not going to like this. I know you, this is going to bring up a whole nother <laughs> topic, but we don't have to get into it. Um, my, my grandmother was heavily into paranormal. Okay. Uh, she was very interested in it. And uh, I, a lot of my beliefs and my education on the topic came from her. She's, you know, she's not alive anymore, but she was big time into this stuff. And uh, I have all her old books and everything. We used to, like, we'd watch stuff on TV. Like, they'd have, like, a documentary at Nostradamus and stuff. And uh, she had a lot of stuff that happened in her family long before I was born. Um, I found that rosaries usually are very good at deterring um i don't know why i've always i've had several times where i'm just like dude go get some free plastic rosaries at a church something put them up i dude i can't tell you how many times they're like yeah it went away i had one girl a friend once right she stuff was going on in her apartment and this was really creepy she said i don't know if you have any here you know how you can when the blinds like that you know you turn the thing and they can open and close yeah she would like have them open leave the room come back they'd be closed no now dude when i got there to her house she goes come you know we walked into her bedroom she stops and goes that's what i'm talking about i go what they were open she had just closed them like they opened from the time she left to come to the door right so i'm like put these rosaries up right here's the crazy part after she put them up it stopped but a couple times the day after she heard a doorknob turning like leading out to the hallway and my theory was the rosary scared whatever it was off into the hallway and that was its last attempt all it could really do was mess with her from the hallway my grandmother who I was just talking about she had I'm not gonna get into the story because it's just a long drawn out story but they had like a haunting I guess in their apartment right and they had a priest come bless the place, whatever. Well, they eventually moved out of the house. My grandmother actually had a sibling that died like at a couple weeks old that they kind of thought was a caught, like a sim, like part of this whole thing. Hmm. And here's the weird part. Like a year later, my great grandmother went back to the house to visit the people upstairs. Now, after this priest came, they never had any more problems. Oh, shit. So she visits the people upstairs and, and you know, how's everything going? How's it been? They're like, good. They're like, but something weird happened. Ever since you guys left, 
we hear cabinet doors opening and shutting in our kitchen and they never knew there was a problem downstairs. And what my great grandmother's theory was, whatever this priest did, it, it like pushed it upstairs. And I guess, you know, they, they were Jewish. So my great grandmother didn't want it. So she goes, Oh, but they were Jew. My grandmother goes, but they were Jewish. So she thought it would be rude to like bring it because I guess like, dude, if you look like old, the old Catholic, ways were like very tied in with the paranormal and they oh, believed yeah. in a lot of that yeah. stuff and um you know you see any old movie like you know it's the catholic priest that shows up you know in amityville horror and all that stuff and uh so they didn't want to i guess it was rude to say something to them because they were jewish it's like why wouldn't you want to warn them or tell them but uh, yeah man i'm into all that stuff i'm i'm into it i got a billion endless pit of stories and i love that stuff I, I i believe in it i don't think it's juvenile to believe in it i think you know i brought up taps i mean i think those guys i mean they try to use scientific equipment to prove this and they even i like what they do is the first thing they do is rule stuff out right like dude just because you heard a noise doesn't mean there's a ghost here sure. let's try and find out what happened and i like the guys that will only like admit to that like less than one percent like okay we couldn't prove this like something wacky happened here you know i've been to the amityville horror house by the way i've been there twice no shit. it's it's the thing that's creepy about it is how painfully normal that neighborhood is yeah it, it, we played is we nothing. played down the street we walked to it we played it at i walked amityville. to it too yeah do, do you know there's a city ordinance that you can't walk by it no. You're not supposed to, because everybody does what we yeah, did. Yeah, because like, we totally walked to it, but by the it. time we got there, bro, there yeah. was at least, we were there for maybe five minutes, right. and there was three other cars that pulled up. When I went, there was nobody there. Oh, shit. We parked down the road, and me and my friend acted like we were just lived there. We were walking around. Oh, yeah. And, um, dude, I'll tell you this. I, I know this for a fact. You can get a ticket for going sightseeing there. Really? Yeah, they don't. They're just so fed up with it, and they don't want people... You know, do you remember the band Knuckle Up, the hardcore band? No. I'm, I'm good friends with Abe, and uh, he wanted to see it. I told him about it. And he's different from, like, New York and New Jersey. It's like, they're asking me about it. I'm coming yeah. from Massachusetts. So I guess they took the van and just parked in front of the house and started staring at it. And Because people live in there. Yeah. And they're, like, looking out the window. And uh, I guess they someone... They got signs that say, like, don't take yeah. pictures. And, and, and I guess shit. somebody yelled out, like, it's just a house or yeah. something like that. So there was they, I saw a documentary on it once, and there were people showing up at the house like picking grass up oh, yeah. off the lawn and keeping it as souvenirs you know oh, yeah. so i don't know how you live in that house though i mean my, oh my gosh so my brother-in-law's wife yeah. grew up across the street from where the conjuring really occurred. in connecticut no rhode what? island oh it's in rhode island yeah okay it's just over the border i thought it was in connecticut it's for some reason rhode okay. island is okay. a little subsection is that the one there. where the two brothers grew up to be paranormal investigators or was that a totally different no it's the no it's the one where they got the 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 two investigators from amityville okay they went to that one okay. after uh no before yeah before Elizabeth, amityville. Uh, what's it not no Ed and Lorraine Warren. Here yes. I am saying Elizabeth Warren. We're still yeah. talking politics. Go on. Okay. <laughs> so you, your brother, you said, who was it? Your brother yeah, my brother-in-law's wife. Okay. Their family right. grew up like across the street from that fucking wow. house. Wow. Shit. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it is. Any stories? Is she, she um, no. anything? Or? It was chill. And yeah. like, as soon as the movie came out, fucking a ton like, of people whoa. just started yeah. going there and fucking looking in the windows where people are living. Yeah, that's you know? awful, like, man. You can't do that. Yeah. You know? yeah. But that medium shit, like I was, we was hanging out with my father, fucking over the holiday. He was telling yeah. me shit about like the median in our family from years ago, back yeah. in the Civil Wars day. Yeah. Well, like she, I, I, like I had some fucking relative that. Yeah. Went off to the war and he got fucking, some fucking, 
artillery through his fucking stomach. Yeah. He was a drummer. Yeah. Like the first guy up and he took a shell through the stomach. Yeah. And fucking, they all, like, the guy's dead, you know, like, yeah. they're like he's fucking dead. Yeah. And, you know, his wife was like, no, he isn't. He, yeah. he, and fucking, like, like five years later, yeah. she was like, I'm making him his fucking favorite pie. Yeah. Coming home today. Yeah. As soon as she pulled out of the oven, the fucking guy came home fucking, like, yeah. fucked up shit. Yeah, like, I've heard like, so many stories fuck? like that. Yeah, yeah, you know. I've got a million, like, person was dead, but someone talked to him the day after. I've got so really? many of those stories. Oh, yeah, tons of them. Did you see yeah. that movie Hereditary? No. No. See, that's kind I, of about the whole medium. See, and, dude, uh, I'm into. I'm still hung up. I'm into the old like, Amityville Horror, The Omen, yeah. Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like those movies, Exorcist, the old 70s oh, yeah. and 80s. I like, just got the uh, Church on Blu-ray. Nice. Have you seen that by Argento? No, but I've, I'm aware of it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man, I like them old 80s. Like, to me, the original Paul the Guys is still, that's just so scary. It's that, a chilling movie. The clown coming to life. Just the yeah. way it was filmed, man. And like the, just the way like the TV would flash and stuff and the lighting, oh, yeah. it was just wacky, you know? So it's disturbing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> My wife was watching Poltergeist 2 the other day. Yeah. It was fucking nothing but the stain for that one. Yeah. Nah, it was all right. I liked it, but nothing. I mean, the first one's always the be- I mean, it's the best one. The yeah. other two that came after, they were good, but not as good as the first one. Did you yeah. see that movie, The Witch? No. You, I think you'd totally dig that. Okay. Because it's about like a New England like okay. folklore. What's that one? There was one that just came out like recently where like, grandma's house or something like that the kids go to the grandmother's and she's like crazy maybe i don't know if that's the same one well hereditary is sort of like that okay to an extent like i mean it's like the the grandmother's dead but like this house itself is sort of fucked up what were you saying about the witch though i didn't mean to cut you off well the witch is is like like they filmed it up in canada but it's supposed to be based off of like a fucking new england folklore about like this like pilgrim family that's banished from the fucking like plymouth plantation right right right. and they gotta go into like (laughs) this fucking like cape cod wilderness right and there's a fucking witch yeah. But, like, it's really, I don't know, you got to see it. Because, like, yeah. there's fucking, it's really more about, like, the whole fucking, uh, like, conservatives hate him. Because, like, yeah. it's, like, promoting, like, like witches, witches as, like, yeah. feminisms. And, and, you know. and, yeah, and it is weird, dude. I'll tell you, like, I think we take for granted, like, dude, you just, you know, you go to Plymouth and you go in a gas station or whatever. You're walking around by the ocean and you just, dude, you forget, like, this is where they, like, the pilgrims came. Yeah. This grave, dude, this... You there's like hills around there where you can just walk through the woods and you see you see tombstones, and and the dates on the things. I mean, it's crazy, you know. So um, I think that is people that live around there. I try not to take it for granted that mm-hmm. it's amazing history in that area. It's where the whole country started as far as the pilgrims came. Um, so I don't know. It's it's wild. It's wild to be from there. Remember it's, when it's somebody fucking somebody spray painted a SWAT sticker yeah, I, on yeah, fucking Plymouth yeah, Rock? Yeah, I remember that. Cause white Christian fucking yeah some bullshit yeah I that was a long time ago that was, I think I was maybe in high school when that happened really? I feel like a couple times it got vandalized really you know yeah I think it happened a few I mean you can jump it's not hard to get at it it's have you ever been to Plymouth Rock years ago yeah because yeah. there's like a it, there's this it's like little, a little pit yeah 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 it's like you stand and you're looking down on it. It's mm-hmm. like, and you, you can just jump right over that railing. Oh I mean, yeah. You can get right back out if you want. It's not like a deep drop or anything like that. So it's, it's very easy to, you could even jump over the railing and still hang by the railing. And probably they might've not even necessarily had to stand on top of it to spray paint on it, you know, but people sometimes throw money on it and stuff like that. It's kind of small though. They think that they fucking, I'm yeah. like, well, this, how's that work? Logistically? Josh, Josh. <laughs> they don't even know if that's the one that they hit. Like they, 
<laughs> you know, that's the one that's been designated Plymouth Rock. Yeah. Plus the fact that they landed in Provincetown first and then moved inward to Plymouth. So that's very yeah, yeah, yeah that's reasonable. What? So, yeah. <laughs> so fucking is it crazy then there on July fourth? Is that true? Fucking, I, I hear it's like one of yeah, the Yeah, it's pretty fun. There's tons of people down there. I've, yeah. I've gone a few times. It's Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, I think uh, they've got, there's some anniversary coming up or something. And that's going to be big. It's probably going to be like nationally televised. So they're getting ready for that. I, I don't know if it's this upcoming 4th of July or the year after. There's some anniversary. Well, 1620 like, is like the big year. Yeah. And they're going to, maybe that's the year. They're preparing for it. Someone told me about it. And there's going to be some, I don't know if it's going to be on the 4th of July, but there's going to be some type of celebration. You think I guess. Trump's going to go to Plymouth? Wow. Maybe he would. I uh. don't know. <laughs> Never thought of that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So they're getting ready. There's some big to do going on. You ever, uh, experienced any of like the native protests that occur around thanksgiving over there um I'm, I'm aware of them i knew they were going on i never like walked down there to watch it yeah um again i feel like there was a few years when i was in high school when it was getting some media attention yeah no, that stuff's good dude they're right i mean they were here first yeah this absolutely. was their country we took it over no one asked us to come here oh, so yeah. they i mean I, I listen man they native americans deserve a lot of slack because they every you know, I think that's that's one of those things I hear people like debating against that. Like they try to justify it. Oh well, we helped them in this and that. Dude, stop. They they were here first. This yeah. was their country. We came here and said, All right, we're running it now. You know, I mean I, I don't to me that's that's a bad thing to try to dude, if you try debating against that, I'm not you don't have to say that the pilgrims were bad people or this and that. It doesn't take away credibility from your beliefs. But dude, don't don't even go there. Like we came here, they were there first. It's it's simple mathematics. Right. It's not even worth debating that. So as don't try to change that starting point. You know, that's just it's just facts. It's how the country started, you know. Absolutely. But anyway. You got family that goes back to the Mayflower? I do actually. Yeah. Um my grandmother who I was talking about, her husband actually uh, had relatives in the Mayflower. Oh, what, what makes you ask that? Did you because my family, I, in the area I that, have family down there too. That fucking yeah. could be traced right back to yeah. like the we, exact we have fucking some. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so, what it was. They were all yeah. fucking. Because I'm the together, old, the thing with me is is that everyone because my last name's Lazzi. Everyone thinks I'm a full blooded Italian. I'm not. Really? Like uh, I'm my my father. His whole family came here from Italy. Both sides of his family, but on my other side, I'm like pot. English pot French and so uh that's the English well you know my my middle name's Clayton you know oh, what really? I mean so it's like there is that line um of you know people coming on the Mayflower and all that stuff oh so, yeah yeah so I got I got a few relatives that you know I some of them were part of the the problem I guess you could say some yeah. of my relatives came here and did there's the some deed people that, you know there's some people that think that uh, if you're not descended of the Mayflower you, you you should be uh you should be forced to leave yeah, but wait a minute. What <laughs> sense does that make? Like, then th that over what premise? Because by that logic, then the people on the Mayflower should leave too. Because like, if you weren't on the Mayflower, you're not like pure. Well, the Pilgrims weren't pure either. They weren't Native Americans. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then everybody's got to leave. Uh, what sense does that make? You know? Exactly. So, <laughs> I think it was like Pat Buchanan or something like that yeah, was talking I, about that shit. He's a character, isn't yeah. he? Pat Buchanan. 
is a name from the past. Him, I always mixed him up with Newt Gingrich for really? some reason. Yeah, I always mix those two up. I, I fucking uh, so my wife's the librarian, and I I, yeah. I took out fucking um, the Death of the West from the yeah. library. Yeah, she got quite a few looks. Is that one of his books? Is yeah, I read it because yeah. these uh, yeah. you got these Proud Boys. You yeah, hear about oh the Proud yeah, Boys? yeah, yeah. Are they in England? The Proud Boys, where no. are they based out of? I, like I fucking Brooklyn. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought they were like a British group for some reason. Because nah, nah. you know what it is? I hear my like British friends all the time. Like I see on the they're, internet. They bring more, it up quite a bit. Yeah, but they're I more just Canadian. Assumed, yeah. More okay, Canadian my than bad. British. I just assumed they were. They're more Squattish than yeah. whatever. Okay, it's that okay. guy Gavin McGinnis. But that's the okay. book that they like take their oath on. Oh, okay. this pet. So I'm like, what the fuck? I got to right. read this. A little too mind confident for my, yeah, dude, my I, taste. I don't get how you get that worked up over that stuff. I just, yeah. I, I, I like, dude, I don't, I'm not trying to sound like this like, um, pristine human being like i don't see color i don't but dude like real like i just don't have time for it dude i i don't care like i i cannot dude there's not enough time in the day for me to care like what color people are or what they're doing i just i do i got too many many own problems and that's coming from someone me who's really into politics and very concerned i just don't see like the value in analyzing every ethnic group and what they do and dude ethnic groups there are differences in different cultures, and that that's good. That's what makes the world interesting. You know what I mean? There are differences, but so what? That's different people do different things, and that's you know it's you know when people get along and share these ideas, that's what like makes the world interesting. You know what I mean? I don't think it's something you need to hold against people or get angry about. Yeah. You know. So, and like I said, dude, I don't like getting back to that Pembroke Hospital thing. I don't see problems as ethnic. I mean, people can say like, oh, there's this problem with this ethnic. Dude, it, it's wide. It's like you said, it's a human problem. This, <laughs> you know, all the kids are watching the same television and getting the same ideas, doesn't yeah. matter what color they are. Right. Um, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Fucking um, I love your band name. Your new band name. Okay, which one? Branch Davidian. Yeah. All right, I like it too. Well, we were down <laughs> in uh, Adam the Mallory was down on tour in Texas. Yeah, and we made a point to drive down. Well, we, the road. we we think it'd be really funny if we played somewhere in that area. Oh, so but so we made a <laughs> point on, that yeah. we drove through Waco. We went. Wow. We went through fucking the road with the FBI. Fucking yeah. great. We saw a fucking bald eagle. Yeah. And I've always been intrigued by it for numerous reasons. Yeah. Um, one, as a child, I remember it fucking on TV yeah. very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, two, fuck, well, and not just the events. Yeah. However, I distinctly remember because I grew up in Hopkinton. Okay. And this all occurred on, I think it was the 20th of April, which is. Uh, yeah, it was like a springtime. Because the yeah. Boston Marathon was being run. Yeah. It was Patriots Day. Right. And um, I, was, I think I was in the ninth grade. So, it, and I actually, when I saw it on the news, it was at that grandmother's house that I was talking okay. about earlier. I got home from school and we went there for some reason and I, I saw it on TV. So go on. So we were yeah. watching the marathon because yeah. literally like that, I watched, we would watch the marathon start. Yeah. Like we, like, uh, we would go to this party, right? Like probably yeah. like fucking 300 yards off yeah. the starting line. Watch fucking, and it's amazing to see a fucking right. marathon of people run right, by right. and all that shit. But right. this is the old days of fucking bunny ears and shit, and right. we're watching by the TV. In the middle of the fucking marathon, yeah. they fucking that put on in. the fucking right. the compound on right. fire. Right. And it wasn't until about fucking, jeez, about, well, I don't... <laughs> Later on, like, you know, in my 20s, yeah. I ended up watching fucking Rules of Engagement. Right. And it fucking blew my mind. Okay. Because fucking, it really... Would you see similarities between, well, like, the movie and the... No, are you familiar okay. with this movie? Rules Not of Engagement? My, I, I, I've seen parts of it. 
It's a I'm documentary. I'm the type of dude, dude. Every movie you throw up, I, throw up, throw out. I might have seen part of it, or I saw all of it, but I saw like the last half one day, and then yeah, a yeah. month later the first half. So go on. So it's yeah. a documentary. Okay. Where they? It's not a movie. It's a documentary. No, it's a documentary. Okay. okay. And like PBS ran it. Was it about Waco? Fuck or, yeah! It was well, all wait, about. Wait, hold on. They pre- Why did I think there was a movie called Rules of Engagement? That's there's not a movie called that. By any chance? Yeah, I think there is actually. Okay, that's what I'm mixing yeah. up here. Yeah, I could have sworn there was a movie. So go on. Okay. Because the whole the whole name is predicated on the fact that fucking they engaged right. by fucking firing like grenades into right, the fucking right, the compound, right? Which was in conjunction with the fact that they loaded up with that fucking flammable fucking toxic right, gas right, that right, just right. combusted right. and fucking you know, right? Fucking fascinating because PBS right. ran it and it's you know. It was alarming as it, it just, you know, after seeing the fucking place on fire like right. that. And right. then, like, years later, you know, you, you understand the truth that fucking, wow, right, right. motherfuckers are killing people. Right. You know? Well. And I'm not a fan of fucking Koresh by any means. Yeah, that's the point I was going to make. Right. Dude, make no mistake. That name, it's kind of like with the two-party system. It's serving two points. Number one, it it... it it show it's two things. It's 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 uh, we. I kind of criticize both sides of that. Number one, the government. You had a you know the government, which is a lot of testosterone. Um, oh, you, you're not gonna do what we're telling you. Well, that's we'll we'll show you. You know what I mean? And that's where like the fight breaks out. But then on the other side, dude, what is Dave Koresh doing with like you know marrying these you know little girls or having sex or whatever the heck right, he was doing? Right. Dude, they, they, it was just a classic example of two wrongs don't make a right. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. we're not people automatically think because we are a political band that we're automatically choosing that name as like oh see what the government does. No, it's both. It's both sides. We also it's it's a commentary on people that think you know someone like David Koresh that you know, thinks God's talking to him and all this other stuff. I mean, it's a commentary on both problems that kind of collided. Yeah. So, you know. Modern age Jesus. Yeah. yeah. More or less. Yeah. Fucking, so, you know, reser- you get the fucking Mel Gibson movie and then you get the PBS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm, and I also think like, I just, I mean, I love the name. I love the way it sounds. Yeah. I think like when we started that bit, because see, here's the thing, man, with Branch Davidian, I do, I, I think there's so many young kids in the audience and I do want to use that band to do something positive. But the thing is, it is extreme music. And when we put that band together, I'm like, listen, man, to, to put out this positive message, you're going to need a name that's devastating. You're going to need a threatening name that says, all right, everyone stop. We're talking now. Like, this is what's going on. Pay attention. And, that, and without that type of name and it worked because everyone like loves that like where'd you get that but you had to have that though you needed like a almost negative threatening name in order to get people's attention and then put out whatever positive message you're trying to you know portray to the audience Branch Davidian yeah the compound yeah <laughs> we had on uh we used to have on actually the on our demo was a picture of David Caress really? with sunglasses and in the back there was somewhere in there on our Facebook page was um was that like a picture of the compound burning i wanted to have now we didn't do it but the album that we just put out one of the, my ideas was have a picture of the compound on the front and then turn it over on the back of the cd it's burning we ended up not doing it but i mean i like what we did instead it looks beautiful but that was one of the ideas that i kind of threw out there so 
But yeah, that's the name, dude. That's um, no, I think it's a perfect name for a political band. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, fucking, it's about we need more brutal political bands, though. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's you know for too long it's just been about fucking weird shit. I mean, yeah. I, I don't no, know. We like, definitely have a message, dude. Yeah. Definitely, and and I think like I said, dude. You know what I don't get, man, is how, dude. This is I don't know if you've noticed this. Extreme music, and again, I'm talking about everything, whether it's different types of metal, or hardcore, whatever it is. Dude, to me, when I was a kid, and you remember these days. Dude, this music has become more and more successful over the years. You know, you have like Cannibal Corpse and a Jim Carrey movie, for example, right? right? And I feel like, dude, you, um, this isn't meant, dude. If you, when I was a kid, if you were into this music, yeah, dude, you were living on like the fringes of reality. I mean, you were not a popular kid, <laughs> right? You were just off in your own world, sure. right? Yeah. This was like the edge of like culture. This music, right? And it, it it included, if you were into the music I was into, you were probably hanging out with other kids that looked like you. You know, you're hanging out at the mall and there probably weren't girls trying to talk to you or anything. I mean, it was just, it was a different time back then. I'm trying to say it in a ni- nice way. I mean, you're, you're a misfit if you listen to this stuff, right? Right. Now, what, what, what kind of blows my mind is I see guys in metal bands or any type of extreme music and they behave and act as if, again, I've used this reference already today. Like it's an episode of Jersey Shore. Yeah. Like they're like, hey man, we're gonna have the show and we're gonna party and we're gonna pick up girls and and the guys in the bands are like really good looking and stuff. And dude, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Just because someone looks like they're in a Gap, advertise like Old Navy or the Gap or something, doesn't mean that they shouldn't be allowed to play in an extreme band. It's not about what you look, it's about how you feel and like expressing the music. I'm not knocking that. But what I don't get is, dude, how did this happen? Like, it, I still can't wrap my brain around kids saying like, you know, we're gonna potty and pick up girls and this, and it's like, when did extreme music become that? Like, first of all, when, when, what did you even, <laughs> I can't dude, do you get what I'm saying? Like, you I'm, I'm at a loss of words. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not saying it's a bad if that's what you do, fine. What I'm saying is, man, I'm coming from a world where you were just such a loser for listening to this stuff. And I'm not trying to make fun of myself or any of my friends or whoever listened to it. And what I'm getting at, dude, here's the point I'm trying to make. I see bands getting on stage and just endorsing bad behavior. You know, they get kids in the audience. And they're just like, you know, it's like the stuff we were talking about before. They're like, you know, go out. Uh, they're saying nasty things about women or bitch this, bitch. This. And it's just like, dude, I, I know there's kids in the audience. And, I, dude, I don't want to put that message out. It's unfortunate. I'm not their parent. But to some of these kids, you are the parent. Sorry. Yeah, you just right. become the parent. That's what the world these kids are coming from. And, dude, I'm, I do lose sleep at night over this stuff. I, I'm... I take responsibility for what I say on that microphone. Yeah. And I just find more and more bands are getting on stage and they're, even though it's extreme music, they're acting like, like, uh, like the situation of Pauly D or whatever their names are. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're yeah. acting like <laughs> just disgusting. They're acting like, 
they're conducting an episode of the man show and i'm like dude when did extreme music become this like when did it dude i remember when i was a kid you were lucky if there were three girls at a show right now it's like dudes are in these bands and they're picking up girls and i'm like <laughs> dude when did you, can you imagine in 1992 when you've got like a cop of like effigy of the forgotten like suffocation <laughs> that one day this garbage was gonna get you girls <laughs> and dude, when i say garbage i say affectionately yeah. i love suffocation i love death metal but i know yeah. to a lot of people it's garbage like dude i i'm like when did you know when it turned for me around 95 i went to see Slapshot. okay at plymouth memorial hall it was the famous show that got shut down okay what happened um let me get to it in a second, right, just so right. I don't like lose this thought. And I looked in the crowd. I will never forget. I saw like a couple girls had like like Moshfield cheerleader coats. Now do it again. If those girls awesome, more credit to those kids to take the time to go hang out at this thing and to show some respect to kids who they would otherwise never talk to. Yeah, awesome. But dude, man, was that a surprise? Like, because in my <laughs> mind. Like, dude, the cheerleader, I'm still from that old, like, 80s movie, Molly Ringwald world, where, yeah. like, you remember in, like, The Breakfast Club, like, the cheerleader did not hang out with the, with right. the tough guy, the, the sure. um, whoever that guy was, the, you know, the, the tough dude that was, like, making fun of everybody. Um, and so that was when I started seeing a churn, and I'm like, dude, like, it seems like it's becoming more acceptable for the good looking crowd to come to these shows and hang out again, dude, that's awesome. It, 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 it gains more acceptance for the metalhead who otherwise would have no friends. If his band is good, maybe the cheerleader will go listen to his band. Awesome. Dude, I'm not knocking it. What I'm knocking is I don't take for granted. Like when I see other types of people that aren't into the music, checking it out, I appreciate that. I don't take it for granted. It seems now you've got these young kids that look at playing death metal as a way to be popular, to make friends, to get girls. Um, you know, they're good looking kids like this and that. And I'm just like, that's not the world I'm from, man. Like this was an ugly, ugly business when I yeah. was a kid. There was no girls around. There was nothing. I never got into this to make friends. I got into it because I liked it. So when I see bands like where's the party after the show where the girls at or oh, I picked up all these girls from this music it's like you did like how like when did this happen <laughs> like when and again I say what where did the girls come and do believe me I've got tons and tons of girls that I'm friends with from the scene again dude I it's awesome that they come to the shows sure, it's great yeah. it's great that you're here I'm just being honest Dude, you guys being here is a luxury because when I was a kid, now when you might have 20 girls at a show, you had three yeah. when I was a kid, you know, and um, it, it, I just don't, so back to Plymouth, so anyway, I just, I think it's, it's disrespectful to the art form if you're using your status in the scene or in a band to uh, trick girls into going out with you, I don't like that. That's the only point I'm trying to make. Now back to what happened at that show. Oh um, yeah, the slap shot They show said, um. You can have this show, but no moshing is allowed. It's this big, like, theater-type place. Really? And um, they said no moshing. And Choke gets up there, President Choke, as you referred to him earlier. <laughs> he get up there, and uh, he goes, um, he never told anyone to misbehave. He said, look, guys, we got to stay still, but, you know, if you want to move, 
bang your head or whatever, or sing along, that's okay, but you guys, we really can't have Martian. He goes, you should be able to, but we can't. I mean, dude, that was like the exact statement. He right. never told them, rip the place apart. He's like, you know, it sucks that we can't. You should be able to, but don't, whatever. So they stopped playing, dude. They had just started playing, and the police <laughs> went on stage and like shot. They like pulled the plug. They're like really? done, right? And um, it, it, they kicked. It, you know, choke. I believe got arrested. Really? And I, I I learned a valuable lesson from him. A few years later, they had them back. They redid the show, and I I went up to him and I said, "Hey, man, are you gonna get up on stage and say like, you know, this town, you know." The police, this and that. They shut us down. They arrested us. Now we're back, you know, make a scene like, nah, 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 nah. And dude, he calmly said, dude, you know what? I don't know how he said it, but he said, I was just some kid going up to him, like shaking his hand. I like your band, whatever. And he says something like, you know what, dude? He said it so, like, it was such a Zen moment. He was like, dude, I'm not going to do that. Like, it serves no purpose. They're letting us play again. You know, we won. We're back. It, it, all that'll do is cause trouble. And, and I learned a huge lesson from that. I'm like, dude, he's right. Like, yeah. why get up and cause a scene and start a riot? Like, dude, you won. You're back. You're playing again. You're here. Like, that That speaks for itself. Like, there's no need to cause trouble on top of that. Yeah. You know? So, and I just, I, that was a huge learning moment for me when that happened. Some, some insignificant in his you know that was i was just another kid he met and like he probably wouldn't even remember that that happened but to me it was just like a life-altering moment you know oh so shit this like 30 second interaction i had with him that he probably forgot about 10 minutes later so, you know, that i'm gonna write him in as governor yeah <laughs> governor choke yeah that's what's up yeah, that's. So, a, I don't know. We'd be curious if only yeah. that politicians could do that. Fucking yeah. and just be like, whatever. I'm yeah. not gonna beat the well, shit it, out of fucking. Yeah, and it shows know. what an influence. I mean, like I said, dude. The I know because I was there. I mean, these these musicians had such an influence. Like I'll never forget. I when I you know when Dismember played at the Palladium. I mean, because they didn't they don't come here a lot. Right. I, I mean, I got to meet them and hang out with them, and I mean they were so nice. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I got to hang out with these like childhood heroes. Yeah. I just sat there at their merchandise table asking them annoying questions for probably three hours, <laughs> right? And they and they they put up with it. They were nice, and then they're like, you know, when it was time for them to get ready to play, they're like, hey man, we we'll see you up front, right? And I was there with a bunch of other friends, like the Beyond the Six Seals guys were all there, and um, you know, uh, you know, they were just really nice to me and that it meant a lot, dude, because that was like, I mean, I love these guys and I got to hang out. I never thought that would happen. I saw them play. They were sitting at their merchandise. They were running their table themselves and oh, yeah. I was hanging out with them all night, man, asking them just idiotic questions. The Dan you know? Lawsy show. Yeah, Again. it was the Dan, that night it was, the, it was remember the Dan Lawsy guys... Dismember show. Yeah. 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 Remember when you recorded pieces? Well, I asked him about, <laughs> do you know the video for our skin father, right? They've got these, this, Dismember logo behind him and like Christmas lights. Yeah. And I like ask him, I'm like, just dumb stuff I was asking him, man. I was like, like, who made that for you? Like, how'd you do that? And this and they're like, oh, our friend made it for us. And dude, with them too, like, not all of them, I got the impression, spoke English, right? So it was clearly a couple of them speaking for the rest of the band. And um, they, I don't know, man, they were just asking all my, and I wasn't the only one. There was other friends there and we were all asking questions and stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, just asking just idiotic questions that, like, stuff I always wanted to know that you could only probably find out from them. What's your favorite uh, dismember album? Dude, that's a tough one. Um, dude, I, 
I, I can't. I can't pick one. Uh-huh. I love them all. Got, how about top three? Then? How about if we went, you know what I would rather, if you don't mind, I mean, I could. Dude, you know what? Dude, I can't. I can't. I'm. I'm stopped. I can't. I just love everything they've done. I can't. I can't give you one because I'm thinking one, then I'm like, no. But then again, the other one, and dude, I don't. I don't know. I'm dude, sorry. Um, I, I'll ask you a question. Yeah. They've always felt that massive killing capacity yeah. was overproduced. Do you agree with that? I like massive killing capacity a lot. I think it's fucking phenomenal. Well, here's the <laughs> problem. Like damn near flawless. I know what the problem with that album is. Okay. There's one problem, and it gets overlooked. They opened up with a song. Now, when you think of Dismember, you're thinking super fast, yeah. extremely melodic. Like, dude, that was the thing they brought to the table. Yeah. Because you had death metal. You had, like, the Florida bands that were very, like, heavy, down-tuned, just crunching, hateful music. What Dismember did was, to me... This member sound, it was like Beethoven. Mm. It sounded like classical music being played very, very fast. They brought this very beautiful melody. Like they were a band before them, before Entombed, and you know, they had Carnage before that. Before that first wave of Swedish death metal, what they brought to music was, and you saw bands like At the Gates perfected it later on. What they did was they took really fast, extreme music and put these beautiful melodies. Like, they're the ones that did that. Right. Like, now we think nothing of these really fast-picking, melancholy, emotional, sad riffs. They brought that to the table, yeah, right? definitely. So that's what you're thinking. When, when you think this member, think how, you know, the album Death Metal. True. Sure. Of Fire. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. I mean, it just rips in, right? Yeah. The problem with Massive Killing Capacity is the opening song is not that. Mm-hmm. The opening song, why they chose that, and I can't even think of what the title of the song is. That was always my issue with that album. I think the album's amazing, but they should have never opened with that. How they all five of them sat in a room and decided that should be the opening song. Yeah, is that song sounds like a breakdown to like another song on the like like it should be a part of a song or something. If they had opened up with like on frozen fields or something now that's a dismember album right i just think they started off the track number one was the wrong song to put there there was at least three other songs that they should have opened it with and that set the tone for the rest of the album sure you put it on you're hearing this song that's not really that fast and now your mind's kind of being made up and i think had you switched the track listing around a little people would have had a different attitude towards that album oh shit you know, that's that's my belief Oh shit! That was one question I wanted to ask him about that I wouldn't do it. I was afraid. Really? That was the one question I wanted to ask him. I wanted to say, why the heck did you put like some whack song as track number one that like should have been like the last song and not even been on the album? But I didn't dare. Obviously, I didn't ask him that. But the whole night, I was like, I wish I could ask him what were you thinking when you like didn't open with one of your like classic fast like. I've, you know, melodic songs. Uh, I've, I, I've always wished I could observe the trial that yeah. they had in England. Oh. Because, like, I, the I, British court, like... I may have asked them like about they, that. Uh, I can't remember. They charged them with distributing and manufacturing but how, obscene You know what I don't get, Josh? Not to cut you off. Well, that's where the title Indecent and Obscene yeah, came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I don't understand. How can a country... 
drag a band out of another country. I know. Like if they were British citizens living in England. Yeah. Okay, now you, I can see. How, they extracted them from Sweden. Yeah. And told them you're coming here. And wh- how do you? Put, and you're on trial. How do you fucking... put a band on trial? It's not from your country. Maybe it was because like it, was it peaceful? And, they and were furthermore, affiliated? furthermore. Isn't it the record label that was distributing it? But that's Nuclear the thing. Blast? Peace, what, like, what are they? Peaceful was a fucking English label. Weren't they affiliated with them? I don't know. But still, though, then why, then why was the band there? They didn't distribute nothing. I mean, I always found that very, very odd. And, and again, I can't remember. So those who aren't aware, who are listening. And, yeah. and this is actually, have you seen that DVD? Like, there's a doc about this. It's yeah. called, I think it's yeah. called yeah. A Blood well, Red Sky. they've got like a really long documentary yeah. about the it's band all in Swedish, it's, but, it's, in, it's amazing. Yeah. But, yeah. but basically, this band, and they're all teenagers yeah. in like the fucking early 90s. Right. And they literally were forced to go to fucking England, yeah. stand trial in front of the fucking wigs. Right. Fucking, they and see, they you literally. you see when they're laughing about, they go, yeah, man, they had them wigs on. Yeah, and they're they had like the laughing wigs, about it. Yeah. But they literally are sitting there playing like an ever-flowing stream and court they said they and were then, like, laughing they had to like, like recite yeah. the lyrics to everybody right. after they said it was and, a like, total joke the whole thing yeah <laughs> like, i love how they're laughing about it they're like yeah man they had them wigs on and we're like what is this you know that's crazy dude and meanwhile like most things that probably put them on the that that, that yeah british court did more for their career pmrc like, all it, over it's, again they should just ignore, ignore, ignore. The best thing you can do if you don't like something is ignore it. But yeah. anyway, back to what you're saying. Yeah, they, they. I just don't understand. Um, and I don't know why I didn't have the foresight because I don't remember asking them this about this when I met them. But um, how do you, like I said, how do you drag? They're from Sweden. Yeah. Like, how the heck did can you have any say to tell them they have to come? To, like, I just don't get it, dude. Yeah. I, I don't understand how they had any authority to bring them the trial in their country like that especially where they're not really the ones distributing it so right. I, I don't i don't get that at all but yeah. yeah that's amazing that trial and all that i find it to be and that and they, yeah and that's where they got the title from indecent and obscene because oh, they said this music is indecent and obscene <laughs> it's gonna get back together there's rumors yeah they're saying they and they're saying yeah. it's the original gonna be the original lineup really? i heard about that i hope they do dude i love that band like you wouldn't believe one of the biggest influences on me. I just bought two dismember patches really? from Purchase Street Records down in New Bedford. Oh, no shit. They're selling Branch Davidian stuff right now. Really? It's, you remember Drained? Remember that band? Or, um, what other bands did he have? Uh, Closer Than Kin. Am okay. I ringing a bell at all? Because uh, uh, Roger, who's was the drummer of those bands, he has a record store now, and I was in there the other day, and it's not every day you see a dismember patch. It's really not. And yeah. he had two of them. I bought both of them. Oh, sure. So, yeah, it's like black with neon green in the, in the, uh, on the logo. So Going cool. back to where we started, it's yeah. like just about a two hours, but that's, yeah. you know, Seven Day Curse, huge yeah. band for fucking any Massachusetts, New England motherfucker that was coming up. Yeah. Tortuga Records. Yep. Fucking. Mark Thompson. Someone just dude. asked me about him the other night. Really? Bender Magazine, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Seven I mean, eight. this is a real time and place. And we're yeah. talking about a wave of metal, metalcore, which has later been called metalcore and such. Uh, but you guys were, were really Jeff, there. I'm, I'm going to tell you something about this, right? And I'm sure you probably want to wrap this up real soon. Yeah. Um, I'll just, I'll say this. Dude, I want people to understand something about this band. And this is something that's so important to me people get. Yeah, but get on when right that there. band two things and I said it to you before we started yeah. number one people were laughing at us I remember people laughing and making fun of us when we first came out because this was a heavy hardcore territory and they were laughing because we were headbanging we were playing guitar solos we were 
you could you know growling yeah. you couldn't understand the whatever all the metal cliches do people are laughing at us like what is this it took a few months to catch on and the other thing i want to say is that like i told you before um when we broke on. up yeah. people weren't too upset about it it was like later on as time went on the legend built and i just feel like at the time we weren't as appreciated as people might have thought i'm not bad mouthing anybody i'm just saying to keep in mind when we tell these stories about this at the time yeah it, it wasn't as appreciated as you would have thought it was so that's all i just want to throw that out there no but oh. it, that's as real as, yeah, as it's it the is the realization of what it was yeah. it wasn't people didn't catch on till it was like don't know what you got till it's gone mm-hmm. well people, I, after we were gone and i'm not saying there were people like yourself that got it at the time but right dude, there were a lot of people that didn't get it and was just like whatever this is a nuisance dude you know? but that show I was telling you about in Ashland when yeah. we saw Dead Tree Sway right. I was in a fucking oi band right right and fucking like we saw them playing it was yeah. hysterical to us yeah. I'm like I can't believe they're fucking doing yeah. this yeah. and it ripped but yeah. I'm like I'm like I can't believe you can do that like yeah. that's fucking yeah. dude cause you know we listen to Pantera and yeah. Sepultura and all that but yeah. like Ultimately, fucking seeing what you guys did with fucking you know between that and then later going on to hear Year of Our Lord, yeah. all these oh, bands, yeah. the, the, all this huge stuff came up the other night. A friend of mine was asking yeah. about Year of Our Lord because I had that band all these years. Oh yeah, and he thought I was in Year of Our Lord. I'm like, no, dude, you're mixing the names up. But yeah, all Year of Our Lord, all that. We were all on Tatuga, I believe. Yeah, that band, our Slow Division. I mean, there was a mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I mean, and dude, I'm not trying. Listen, I'm not trying to sound negative or bitter. I just think it's important people know that. Right. Because, dude, I think there's so many bands. Like, dude, I saw Hatebreed one time. There was 30 of us in the audience. Right. And you're all playing. You got to understand, dude, like, these bands that are huge had to start somewhere. Right. They had to start with a band practice and two of their friends hanging out watching them. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, there was a time when Seven Day Curse, like I said, dude, it, it... Dude, if you think like the scene was in tears because we broke up, it wasn't. Some people were really upset, but overall, mm. like the scene at large, the Massachusetts scene, there was a lot of people that never really got into us. Yeah. They're like, oh, this, I'm not bad-mouthing any other bands. Well, I like Overcast. This isn't Overcast, so whatever. I'm sorry, man. That's just how a lot of people were, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, you know, whatever. It's fine. People like what they like. I'm not holding against anybody. I just think it should be noted that we weren't appreciated appreciated at the time as people might think you know know. and we and we we're glad people were into it at the time but you know we struggled the whole time that band was going on there was struggles to get people into us it was it wasn't easy Mm -hmm. you know well branch davidian yeah that's what's up yeah where do we go follow you guys uh yeah branch davidian it's um facebook slash branch davidian uh band camp Oh, branchdavidian.bandcamp.com. There you go. Go on YouTube. Beta Child is the name of our video. Uh, we're trying to get it on Slam Worldwide right now. We're desperately trying to get it on. We sent them the money. I know they're inundated with a lot of messages. I'm crossing my fingers. We need to be on there because that would be a big help. So I'm hoping they get us on there. Um, I also have the band Medjugorje going on too. So I'm in vocals on Branch Davidian. I play guitar for Medjugorje. It's M-E-D-J-U-G-O-R-J-E. It's named after the village in uh, in uh, Bosnia. Um, you can, like, Facebook, Medjugorje HC. It's more of a thrash band. Um, I got a new band going with the guys from Beyond the Sixth Seal. Really? And I wrote it down here because it, 
Exanguination, E-X-S-A-N-G-U-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. We don't have anything yet. We just started. It's uh, Justin and Brendan from Beyond the Six Seal. So we're, and that's going to be a heavily, like, we're all into this member. So, get, you know, that's going to be like an old school Swedish influence thing. So I got that coming out too. Um, but uh, yeah, Medjugorje and it. Medjugorje's got a new album about to come up. You could, we got an album, Spoils of War, uh, video Spoils of War, also on YouTube. So you can look all this stuff up. And uh, the new Branch Davidian album, Slaughter of the Holy Innocents, it's out now. I think if you find any of those things, like I think on the YouTube channel is like the links for the other bands and stuff like that you can oh they're selling our stuff at like armageddon in boston oh, yeah. in providence inclusion records in norwell um purchase street in new bedford so we got shows coming up we got you know you can we'll yep. have more videos and what shows and you got coming up in 2019 right now we're about to have some booked there's nothing nothing no date as of this moment but there's stuff coming up that I shouldn't probably talk about. Okay. Probably heavily in the New Bedford, Rhode Island area. Very good. There's gonna be some stuff coming up. I'll um, you know, it'll be on the websites and whatnot. We just kind of we we're all just coming out of this like recording cycle. So sure. the Branch Davidian album just came out. The um, you know, Medjugorje's album's being mixed right now. And again, I'll spell it one more time. It's Medjugorje, M E D J U G O R J E. Medjugorje. Look up Spoils of War on YouTube, that video. Um, like I said, the new album's about to come out. Um, we will be playing shows. We're already talking about potential tours again and stuff like that. We all get jobs, so I mean, a tour for us is like a week and a half. You know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. nothing like crazy. Everyone's going to get back to work, but we, you know, we are, we will be traveling and whatnot. We're just um, kind of sorting things out and putting out the new album, and we will have shows soon. Just be on the lookout for right now. Check it out on the internet and. We will be playing soon. Beautiful. Though yeah. it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure talking to you, dude. Yeah. You know. It's been a long time, yeah, sir. I know. I know. We've known each other a long, long time. Yeah. Looking At forward to having you back. Yeah, yeah dude. I'd love to come back. Very anytime. very easy to talk to, Dan. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I hope I didn't take over your show and talk yeah, over right, you too sorry. much right. you've chilled out a bit <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. Good. <laughs> so, thanks man that was a lot of fun thanks well cheers cool. dude awesome alright look forward to uh, seeing um, seeing and hearing more from you and everything like that definitely alright buddy thank yeah. you alright bye thank cheers. you cheers bye